welcome to Nightcaps at the theater. Or for our uh, Spanish audience. Hola y bienvenidos a los Nightcaps en el teatro. Oh my gosh, she has so much a, a better accent. Or like, you know, <laughs> yeah. the way she pronounces her words. I, I like that. I almost thought you were going to ask me to speak, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot you're our, our native translator here. Was that Yolanda Vega? <laughs> Oh. So, hola, como estas? Welcome to Nightcaps at the theater. I am uh, a, a big-eared, baby New Year, bald and beautiful Mark Zebro Jr. Oh, how wonderful. I'm um, this uh, melatonin slash NyQuil slash McDonald's is really having me vibing right now. Jonathan Gorkowski. And I'm Matt. Listen, it's 2020 and we still don't have all-day breakfast at McDonald's. Okay, they brought it back for a little bit for a spell, but then they took it away. 11 a.m. is way too early to cut off breakfast. And I know it's an improvement from 10.30, but listen, those 30 minutes ain't going to make a difference. You although, want a hot take? Although they do in Big Daddy. You want a hot oh, they, take? I was just about to mention Big Daddy. That <laughs> yeah. was a whole, a whole comeuppance right yeah. there. You want a hot take, Matt? Sure. On the air? Live? Oh, no. Jonathan <laughs> I don't like the McDonald's breakfast menu. Oh, oh. <laughs> there I said it. Oh. To, to be to be fair, I do prefer the croissant from, <laughs> from BK Cabrera. Yeah, but this isn't a McDonald's podcast. It isn't a food review podcast as much as I wish That's it true. was. Um, we're gonna look at our pop culture, a moose bouche segments. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I apologize. I've been literally and honestly dying for two weeks. This is why we did not record. I blame myself. All the hate can go to me. Yeah, we, Please. We, we, we're, we're on schedule here. So. You say yeah. that, but I was sweating bullets as I was editing episode. I'm like, no, we, the fans are going to hate us. And I think we're at 3,000 listens, so that's good. Hey, pretty good. Up. What, like in, in total or, or an episode? Oh, I'm never going to answer that question. <laughs> Shut up. Don't think about it. Well, we do this for fun. 2,500 of those are me. Yeah, and probably the other are me. But, and and yeah. me. Anime? No, and me. Well, well, oh, well, no, but no, speaking anime. of anime. Anime, hey. shut up, weeb. Anyone see any anime? I, 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 Surprisingly, I did. I did, too. Who oh, wants to go first? I also saw some anime, <laughs> oh, no. so now we fight episodes. to the death, don't I, we? I think I know what, what, what yours is, so if you yes. allow me to, oh, to yeah, say please, first, please you'll do. be able to p- piggyback off mine. Oh, you're sure so thing. polite on this podcast. Uh, I watched Your Name. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Matt this tried. This is, I guess, like a two, three yearish old one yeah yeah and uh yeah i i finally got around to it I, I i bought it maybe a year ago i've been meaning to get around to it and uh well you so bought it blind i bought it blind mm. uh, not knowing really what to expect and oh boy it's a it's just it's a sweet adorable time oh yeah um that's what i hear it's a it, it's a it's centered around two characters uh two high schoolers in japan uh one named uh take uh the the boy and the girl named uh uh, Matsura, I, I, th- I believe Don't that's her me. name. Sure. And uh, so they, they each live in two different provinces of uh, Japan, one in Tokyo and one in a more like rulish area, I want to say, or more like a village-ish uh, type. And they each want to kind of experience a difference, like, like uh, area of, of mm. sorts. You know, they want, they, they want, the one in Tokyo wants to have a much more like, you know, like calmer side of things, and the one and uh, the more calmer side wants to have a much more city life, life yeah, yeah, more city uh, uh, outlook on things. And then, just for some some reason, they're each kind of what they start experiencing or what they think are dreams, but it's actually they're it's an out of body experience where they're each inhabiting each other. 
Yeah, I would uh, say it's my fantasy, but so it's what, definitely someone's out there. What <laughs> uh, one becomes a boy, one becomes the girl, and then just you know, they, it's it's a it's a weird aggressive, furious masturbation. Oh, there oh there's there, there's some grabbing in, in the uh, in this one, but there's uh, a but, movie that does that. I forget which movie it is though. Freaky Friday. No, every we do. <laughs> What? what? Yeah, remember no. when, when um, I gotta Shaggy this. is like, oh my, it might be Scooby Doo or Scooby Doo. Oh no, the fr- the live action oh, one. Yes. yes. Uh, what other one am I possibly referencing? You mean Scooby Two? When, when Fred, like Scoob, I got boobs. No, no, no. No, when Fred, when Fred and 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 um Daphne, Daphne. switch bodies. Uh, he proceeds to go and, 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 mm-hmm. and I go, hey, I can look at myself naked. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Fred <laughs> wouldn't like that anyway. I think he's deep. Freddie Prince Jr. said, "Scooby Doo, uh, we can learn a lot from Scooby Doo." Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a future pick. Hey, future movie. <laughs> maybe a That's for pick. sure. Yeah. Uh, See Scooby in theaters day one, baby. I think uh, Monsters Unleashed is the quintessential, no, one, one of the best sequels. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, this uh, it, it's it's very it's it's adorable. It's uh, it's very lighthearted. Um, I think uh, uh, without seeing it, but uh, from from here you talk about it. It's got a very kind I of. I don't know how you gestured to me. I didn't no, see it. No, I because I heard good I'm, things, ba- yeah. I'm about to reference a, a film that, oh, that you've seen. Uh, okay. And uh, it's it's got a sort of like Grave of the Fireflies mm. t- uh, type deal to it. Oh, I wow. want to say because it, it doesn't pick up maybe uh, that kind of level in terms mm. maybe around the fi- fifty minute mark. I want to say. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a it's a, it's a nice time. It's very it's, it's cute. You really get get behind these characters. I watched the English dub because that was the one that was promoted the most for me, mm-hmm. and it's great. Uh, I'm gonna watch the Japanese dub. I I, I bought b- both versions, so I'm gonna check that one out. Music's great. Visuals are good. Uh, animation. It's not as consistent as times, but uh, especially with them trying to uh, mix in both. Uh, 3D animation and um, you know mm. more hand drawn at the same time, but uh, you know it's not distracting. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a really nice time. It's a, it's a nice like, uh, like a nice sit down and watch and just trying to take it all in. So Good. I I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, well, I so. guess jumping off from there. This past week, I tackled the uh, theatrical release <laughs> of Makoto Shinkai's follow up to yeah. Your Name, titled "Weathering with You." Mm. This is a you know highly praised film. People are loving this uh, creator. Ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I thought this film was all right. Uh, I was I was expecting a little more. I gotta say my main gripe with it is that the first half it just doesn't really feel lively and it doesn't really go anywhere for me. It's it's a bit of a slog to get through, but the second half does make it worth it. Um, I'll mention the synopsis real quick. I'm just reading this from Google. A boy runs away to Tokyo and befriends a girl who appears to be able to manipulate the weather. And it it really just takes a little too long for the pieces to fall into place in terms of our plot. Uh, but there is a, a standout moment about halfway through. I'm just going to call it the hotel scene. It takes place in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I, it's not really something that people... Um, I don't think most people will like this scene as much as I do. For most people to just be kind of a, a thing, just like it's not a standout, it's not a highlight. It just kind of happens as part of the story, and you're like, okay, whatever. But for me, I don't know. I just really like it because you have these two characters who neither of them are particularly wealthy or well off, and um, you know they they spend a lot of their life just 
trying to figure out where their like next meal is going to come from or where to make ends meet, how to do so. And I don't know, I like that kind of like scrappiness aspect of it, and I think it works well for these characters. Is it like so, in the same universe, or did you see the first one? Or no, like, I haven't seen like your name. Hmm. Yeah, might be a question <laughs> to ask. I don't know. I, because the thing about these, it is another teen romance. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of it towards the beginning feels a little too kawaii for me. Yeah, if you know what I mean, like a little no, too, I know what you mean. a little too ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I was doing both, uh, yeah. but it feels a little bit too much like that. Uh, but it does settle settle into a groove. Um, I, I do really like romances involving teens, but I'm starting to realize that maybe I don't like romances involving teens aimed at teens. As nearly 30-year-olds, yeah. Yeah. We can all agree. I think so. But, like, you know, if Richard Linklater does, like, a high school, <laughs> you know, like, kind of romance or slice of life thing, I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking in. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my uh, forte, my bread and butter. But, um... But yeah, this it it worked. I mean, it was still worth it. It's still pretty good, I would say. And there are uh, some some dazzling visuals, especially towards the end. So I like where the where the plot leads them in the second half to allow those nice wallpaper esque, like desktop wallpaper esque visuals. Um, it's worth it. Definitely mm-hmm. check it out. And if you're a fan of your name, I, I'm sure you're gonna like this one too. Yeah. But part of me still thinks, even though I haven't seen it, your name is probably better. Mm-hmm. That's it for me on uh, Weathering With You. Oh, and I watched the <laughs> sub. Thanks to AMC for uh, only providing the sub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regal had those uh, dirty dubs. Hey, don't knock it till you I, try it. I mean, yeah. it depends on the anime. It yeah. does, but for the most part, come on. I, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm a sub fan myself, so but once maybe, again. Maybe the dub would have, you know, made this film less uh, kawaii for me. And <laughs> I would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> yeah, there, I think it would have made it more. Maybe. There was a lot of, like... Huh? <laughs> I'm like, uh. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Oh, you were right about the theater going audience. There was I a, warned you. There was a, there was a row of people in front of me that didn't bathe. <laughs> They're just shoving I, food in their mouths. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't sense any odor emanating from them. But you didn't try hard enough, did you? But it, it really did feel like they were uh, trying to uh, get across, like. Oh, this is like a Japanese culture joke that they're doing, and I'm gonna laugh real hard at it. And it's like, okay, it's it's a little bit too much. One neck beard. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> but, Thank you, Count. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was right. worth it. Okay, so um, shut up, weeb. Literally, shut up, weeb. That's what I'm <laughs> feeling lately. I watched the Nino Kuni movie oh, on Netflix. Oh, it's in my queue. Okay. I love the um, Nino Kuni games. This was okay. Yeah. It wasn't anything to write home about. It was typical anime flair. I was uh, watching it at like 2 o'clock in the morning because of my insomnia, <laughs> sickness, illness that I've been facing that's undisclosed. It's probably the coronavirus, but I mean, it's going to get me anyway. Hey, it was okay. It, was, it wasn't a big deal, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. I liked it because it's in Nino Kuni, and I like the Nino Kuni. Any franchise. familiar things? To- There's like a few hints at it, but it's not like shoved down your throat no no but i kind of would have liked it to be shoved down my throat to be like oh it's a reference for the game no mr mm. droopy lantern nose no definitely but we get another uh we get a, a series of welsh ghosts or ah. spirits or whatever they're called i haven't played that game in a fucking <laughs> forever familiars yeah yeah but uh there's a welsh accents to go around so if you nice. like that nice. check out nina Kuni. okay um something that's good 
Carolyn Tuesday. I finished the first season on Netflix, I've and not it's probably heard the of last. This. It's um, I I mean I you did hear about it because I talked about the first half of the season on the podcast oh, long okay. ago. But uh, Netflix has the second half up, and I thought it was uh, really good. It's about these two artists on Mars that are like competing in like the American Idol equivalent um, Mars Idol oh, yeah. equivalency. Um, and the second part goes really hard because uh, they reference like ICE and immigration rights, and there's a Trump <laughs> parallel going on. And I think it's just a heartwarming anime. I think you should just give it a watch. Hmm. Um, it's Bones again, doing a prime animation. Um, I think it's heartwarming. So just mm-hmm. just check it out. Nice. And then for my highest recommend in the uh, Shut Up Weeb category, Infinity Train Book 2. Uh, I shit have not gotten around to baller. it. It's baller. You guys need to watch this. I've never this. heard of this. You've never heard of it? I've definitely oh, talked about Infinity we've Train We've talked about Infinity Train. Yeah, yeah, so this is a Cartoon Network limited series like Over the Garden Wall. Yes, and, I remember uh, you talking about this. we've had two seasons. The recent season came out a couple weeks ago. It's uh, five episodes a week. And this season blew my mind again. I thought it was ten episodes a week. It, it, no. Well, yeah, Less? it's one episode divided into two parts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's five full episodes, ten short episodes. Gotcha. But um, I think it's really holding up, and possibly there's a book three coming our way. Quick turnaround for yeah. season two. Yeah, I think they realized, like, oh, it's going to be popular. <laughs> and you guys need to check it out, because I don't want to spoil anything. It's just really sci-fi. I know, I've really been meaning to, but yeah, yeah this past week... It makes you think. Uh, it does things that children's shows don't normally do again and again. Ooh, show aggressive nudity. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Baby. You'd Ooh. be surprised. But it's a high recommend for me. And that is my shut up weeb category. Nice. Moving on into TV court. Any TV news that we have to project upon the world today? Uh, I've got three. I've got many. Oh, you know what? I I have one that mixes animation and TV. Do it then. Speak. Uh, I don't, your heart I don't so. think I mentioned this before on the podcast. I don't think I've mentioned it yet. Bojack Horseman. Oh. Season 6A. First half of uh, the final season. Uh, it's great. Half. Yeah. It takes a little while to get going. But once the overall arc of the season really like unfolds and starts to reveal itself. Oh man. It, it gets really good. And I'm super excited for... The next half of the season, the final episodes we're ever going to get from this show comes out uh, next week on the 31st, January 31st. What the fuck? How old are we? God damn it. I <laughs> yeah, really, right. I, I really got to catch up with Me this. Me too. I haven't seen like six seasons I, of Bojack I, 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 I'm, only in, I'm only in the middle of season three right now. Oh, uh, it's so good. Definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, yeah, that's my... That's it? Uh, what? One to, thing? Well, it's a crossover to animation TV. and TV, but actually I think that is the only... Uh, well, I watched a few episodes of Modern Love on Amazon. That was pretty okay. Yeah, uh, they're like little self-contained oh, stories, so some um, are no better. Good than place. I've I've got Modern Love to talk about. Some are better than others. Yeah. Um, let's see. What I, I think I watched uh, two two minutes of The Witcher. So Netflix thinks I <laughs> I binged the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> um, that seemed I don't know fine. I didn't really uh, get around to it. Mm. What else? I I, I want to say that's it. Uh, oh wait, Je- Jeopardy, greatest of all time. <laughs> this is what I heard. This <laughs> me, is crazy. Oh, it's, it's like so, a, the master season. Yes, yeah, so Alex fucking Trebek, good. I love him. Isn't he's he like my, suffering right he, now. He's like, on his way like, out. Oh my god, I love him. I know I everyone so does. He's America's Canadian sweetheart, <laughs> <laughs> the original one, not uh, Ryan Reynolds, not Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> she's Canadian. No, she's just okay. America's sweetheart. Oh yeah, the nicest oh, woman true. in Hollywood. <laughs> Um, America's Sweetheart Canadian Edition. Yeah. Alex Trebek. No, it's really good, and um, I <laughs> I recommend watching it. Like, find some episodes on Hulu or ABC or wherever you could find them, 
it's really entertaining. Um, these people are so quick. I think in the first game, um, nobody got any question wrong, and it just went really fast. The thing about these is uh, normally Jeopardy lasts so long, like an episode lasts 30 minutes, because contestants wait to answer questions. Like, you yeah. know, some of them don't know the answers. Yeah. Some of them get it wrong. These people, they go through it so quick. It's like a 20-minute episode of Jeopardy, and it gives them enough time to have, like, a five-minute highlight for, like, each wow. player. But it's really cool. I just love the vibe that these players bring to the table. It's very uh, camaraderie-ish. Yeah. Um, and they all really like Alex Trebek, and they, they all seem to get along. Uh, James, the most recent champion to come on the scene, I think last year or two years ago, he's he's a trash talker. He's, he's really <laughs> smug. Mm. But... Um, People are divided on him, but for me, I think it works so well. There's probably my favorite moment of the whole shebang was in, uh, I think, episode four. I think it's like four or five episodes in total. In episode four or five, he uh, each episode is divided into two halves, basically. So at the end of the first half, your score gets tallied up and uh, taken into account for the second half. And one of the players didn't perform so hotly. So the other players got like 20,000 points, 30,000 points. He ended up with zero. Mm. So then Alex Trebek is like, all right, and going into the second half, we're going to wipe the slate clean. We're going to erase these people's scores. They all reset to zero. And then James is like, uh, hey, Brad's score is still on there. <laughs> and it's like so savage, and I love it. Oh, these brainiacs going at it. It's just, it's a perfect setup for a joke. And I, people are like, oh, he's such an asshole. Like, I hate him. But I'm like... Yeah. With a joke as irresistible as that, I can't help but love it. I don't know. As a Jeopardy stand myself, you know, I'm pretty good at it. But um, it's it's good. I recommend it. Yeah. I just love the uh, the the feelings you get, the vibes you get from these players, and they're just like genuinely really happy to be there, and they're all very chilly. They're chilly. It's like they're all palling around. It's it's fun to see. Good. <laughs> all right. That's TV. it for my TV. Nice. Uh, all right, for me, um, I got tons, so let me go last. Okay, uh, so for me, I watched, I finished Modern Love, mm -hmm. uh, and when I thought it was like, I, I, when I first talked about it, I only watched the first episode. I thought it was yeah, it was cute, you know, so a little bit kind of uh, kind of lively, just seeing some kind of like reinterpretations of like these stories that were like shown in the uh, New York Times. But uh, mm -hmm. as I finished it. I really had nothing positive to really say about it. <laughs> it they're they're so hammy and they have su they have such stilted and unbelievable like dialogue at yeah. times and the circumstances make these like these events that they were based off like unbelievable. Yeah, they're a little too, too like meat cutie, like too indie flick. Meat cutie. Like, yeah, like meat cute. Like it's, the the, oh. the way like dialogue is like kind of like bounces off uh, yeah. from one another. It's just like. No, no, and um, if I could say something about the last episode. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you about this it's, one. It's, I don't fucking care. It's the like, it's like a, a ten minute short film that does almost nothing, <laughs> yeah. and it has nothing to say at all. But then tries to combine the previous episodes as if like they're all happening at the same time at, yeah. at different points of those episodes. Tries to connect them all together. To, to, so to, to, Kingdom Hearts. To, to make it, <laughs> just so they can make the show, that, that episode 30 minutes long, just yeah. by <laughs> hamming, hamming yep. all exactly. these episodes in. Yep. And 
there oh man there's some episodes <laughs> where I, that really made me like I cr- that made me cringe i want to laugh ask, and cry yeah. and, and, and like what the fuck i want to ask what your favorite episode was and your least favorite episode i didn't watch all of them i watched like My six which is most of them i think there are eight i i kind of like the uh the john john gallagher jr episode with uh, uh sophia Pate- Sof- sophia patella that's oh, the other in that? the hospital I okay. kind, I kind, I kind of like it. I don't know, but then, but, but but at the same time, I was like, I'm not really buying this right that, now. That is by far my least favorite episode. Okay, I, <laughs> I hate him like as a person. <laughs> if I saw him in real, he's just like I, a hipster douchebag. Oh no, it, it, it he is, and, and it's look the, around the, the table. The, I like the the, cir- find a the circumstance yeah. that they find themselves in is is cute, but like them and the pairing does just doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't work. No chemistry. And um, I, I would say maybe the first episode might be the, like the most adorable. I don't think I watched the first one. Uh, that's with the uh, the the Russian uh, bellhop. Oh, the doorman. The doorman. Yeah, I thought that was the second episode. No, that was the first one. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. That um, one is so good. The the Anne Hathaway one might be in the running for my worst one. It's in the middle for me. I feel uh, like it's okay. I've heard good things about no, that episode. No, because I, wow. I, I really don't like it. Because the way it tackles, like... Um, bipolar. Uh, bipolar. Like, no, like, take a drink every time she says bipolar. Yeah. Like, that. if, if that's something that really just makes me want to, like, put and, my fist through the television and the first is, is having to like <laughs> hit you over the head with it it's like i'm bipolar i i'm bipolar and, and that's th- only in the second half of the episode because the first half oh. is like leading up to mm-hmm. this massive realization that yeah. she oh. is bipolar it's i like, just heard great things about this episode so i'm like i'm i mean i, I haven't seen the show i i, seen I think show. i think the it, whole like like relationship thing that she's Mark ma- is typing like, right now. So <laughs> so how the episode opens is if like she's like um Still ma- making uh, an internet like um uh dating site we like got, uh, we bio. Typing, we and we got to get on YouTube. Yeah, I know, right? We and, need a visual representation. And, Pretend and, as if you're typing. But she she's she's audience. monologuing as if like she's writing a short story. But, yeah. So first of all, no one's gonna read this, and they're gonna immediately like swipe left on you. Uh, but like it turns into like a musical. Like she's all like. Mm-hmm. Bubbly and like it's like oh look a peach oh he must love peaches hey you want to go to have breakfast and like she's riding her bike and she's like but as soon as she gets home she's like but then it hits me and then I just want to go to the bed it's like a commercial I don't want to curl up <laughs> like talk to your doctor about peaches <laughs> and how they make you sad and it's just I think it's like the worst kind of representation in terms of like like mental dis like dis- like disorder it i i think the the see what they promote for that episode for that show basically is like the end of that episode when she's talking to her friend at work mm. it's like i have bad days and i'm coming off from from a high or and i'm, I'm <laughs> like and you know that that's a good moment that's like probably the best moment of the show but like it's it's just so trying to hit you over the head where it's mm. like yeah you, you gotta feel for her you gotta feel for her i yeah. i think the worst one has to has to do with the uh, the girl who wants a dad but also wants to date him at the same time. I didn't watch that one. Oh, <laughs> that's like an interesting premise. It, it's like this girl has like daddy issues because well, she I never grew. Up, tell, yes. She never grew up with a father, but like the man that she works for, like it's a father figure, is a father figure. But at the same time, it's like she's giving off these like, mm, what a, that, that's like a dilf over that's there. Really like cool. he's a dad. Yeah. Like look at his uh, his 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 what his. his, his gray hair and the crumbs on his sweater I mean, I'm into that. and then like he, he, 
she keeps giving him all these like these mixed vibes and as soon as like he goes in for a kiss she's like what the fuck's the matter with you I'm like are you oh. fucking kidding me <laughs> like, no. like 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 do you know what you, what you were doing this whole time like i i didn't like that at all oh <laughs> and even the uh the tina fey one was just kind of like i don't care i like this. that one i no i don't know it's <laughs> It's it's whatever to me. I think the whole show is just completely skip it. You don't don't watch it. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, it's it might be cute for a couple episodes. If you like like, like cheesy romance stories, oh, it's the most cheese. <laughs> it's I a mean, lot of cheese. Yeah, it's American cheese right here. <laughs> New York American cheese. Please please that American cheese. All right, <laughs> enough of that American lo- uh, modern love, but we're on to a, a better uh, a, uh, Amazon show, and that's. The Man in the High Castle. Yeah, I've I've, heard of this. I finally I finally got around to watching this, and I think this is like Amazon's like uh, first attempt at making like streaming service mm-hmm. and like original content, and uh, I like it, but I don't like it as much as I thought I was gonna like it. So I, I'm a big fan of like uh, one uh, World War Two era in terms of like history and like exploring that. There's there'll be a theme later on too in terms of uh, World War Two. Um, so. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, but Very conceptual nightcaps I, today. I, I I really dig uh, the the atmosphere of it. I, I like the alternate history approach where it's like, what if the Nazis won World War Two? So seeing like Nazi slash Japanese uh, uh, occupied America is is pretty fascinating. It's, there's a lot of world building as well. You really buy into it, especially what like uh, what the Nazis were doing at the time in terms of like. Uh, so if so, for for instance, uh, th- there's a character, one of the leads on the show, that's going cr- cross country in the first episode. Mm-hmm. He gets pulled over, or he stopped. He, so like a, a cop, and like all these cops are wearing like you know like uh, the schwastikas, uh, and but mm-hmm. they're also like they're like hey engine trouble. They're like they're like regular Americans, but like they're, they're, <laughs> and they're like pretty chit chatty. So it's it's fascinating the way like they they they're talking in the same way that they're dressed. Wow, it's like and, they're almost not as brutal as uh, some cops in America. Yeah. yeah. They're not so That's different, you and I. <laughs> uh, but it's like, oh, now Americans have to live under like the Nazi regime, but they also like appeal to those Nazi standards. Uh, Jews are, are, are either outlawed or, or blatantly are killed. They're seen as an infestation, Oof. which it's it. But they use it. They say it like so, like, like, like that. You know, like yeah, like uh, like we gotta get like get them out of here, stuff like this. It's not so like that that. They seem as like just pests, you know, that not as human beings, and that's mm-hmm. uh, it's also from the Japanese perspective. And the way they do that too is that they give the Japanese the West Coast. There's a neutral area for like a, a lot of mixed uh, race and minorities, and that. So that's like and that's oh, the Midwest. Yeah, uh, that's like a complete reversal I know. of uh, America. And, and, and Nazis uh, rule pretty much the rest of uh, of America. And the coastal elites. So yeah, with this officer that pulls him over, and it's like, oh, you want a sandwich or something like this? And they're just chitty chatty. And then it's like, uh, one of the characters starts starts seeing ash just fall from the sky. It's like, oh, what is that? It's like, oh, that's the hospital. You know, every Tuesday we burn the mentally ill and the crippled. And uh, he says it's there's oh, such no. like casualness to it, which mm. it, it makes you feel just so disgusting because it's it, it, like apparently it's like in the terms of this time frame, it's the 1960s, and so this has been going on for almost like like 20 years now. And the way how everything, people just sort of just like rationalize everything is just, oh, it, it really just like turns uh, my uh, my insides, and uh, it's 
it's a, it's a, it's an interesting premise. I'm not crazy about a couple of the leads so far, but I think with time, um, with the, I, I think there's only three other seasons. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll grow to like them a little bit more, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's real, it's good, it's good. Uh, I, I think, uh, I can't wait for more. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my take on that. And my last one I'm going to talk about is the, the infamous, uh, mom dra- drama, teen drama, you. Ah uh, yes, yeah, the Ever, stalker. Like thing. Yeah, it, this, uh, the best way I can describe this is if Dexter moved to the CW and they gave him an R rating. Okay, and uh, well, Dexter was already R rated. Oh, like I mean, give, give CW like oh, okay. the R rating. Watch that awful season. Yeah, it better be R rated. <laughs> um, was born a shit. What you? No, Dexter. Uh, oh, Dexter. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it uh, it's. I can't like I, I I I would I was turned off by it at first. I was like a oh, pretty boy who's like a stalker slash killer, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It's entertaining. It it very it very much is. It, it it really like tries to really hammer in like you trying to get behind this this character and like like make you think like you want to root for him, even though he's a psychopath or a sociopath mm-hmm. rather, and uh, even though he does a lot of fucked up shit on the show. <laughs> But uh, he, he he uses a lot of inner um, inner monologues to like kind of like yeah, get behind like his own his his own rationale like 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 he'll be stalking somebody but then he'll see someone else stalking that same person that he's stalking and like what a stalker and like I just <laughs> it's I don't know it's cleverly written like that where I I can get I can really like you know get behind it it's not it's not like really cleverly written anything like that mm-hmm. if any if anything it, it, it's not like it's not bare bones but. It's enough for me to keep like, keep my interest going. So, uh, do they make uh, any mention of a of a dark passenger? A dark passenger? Yeah, what do that, you that was the terminology in Dexter. Dexter would always be like, "Oh, my dark passenger." Oh no, is making me kill. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. But like, there's there, there's a lot of hints uh, hints back to like why he might do what he does on the show. So it's it, it keeps your interest in terms of that, like kind of exploring his 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 backstory, his history. A past relationship that he had, uh, someone who may have uh, have uh, beaten him as a child as well, mm. or abandonment issues. Uh, oh, uh, no. so the lead who plays him, uh, uh, Joe, the, our 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 main character here is uh, named uh, Be- uh, Pen ba- Bag Bag Bad It's it's a weird pronunciation. His okay. last name is spelled B A D G L E Y. Badgley. Bad Badgley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's done a bunch of television uh, in the past. Uh, this second season, uh, uh, now uh, his co-star is uh, Victoria Pedaretti, who you may know from uh, uh, Haunting on Hill House. Gesturing to me, John. Uh, as uh, yes. Uh, yes, she, I do. She plays uh, who played Nell, uh, and and this Nell. show. Win. Oh. She could pay. Who? who um, uh, what? Shut up, Nell. <laughs> you don't know Nell like we know Nell. Ooh. This will be a future watch. Definitely. We have it. Okay. Uh, who uh, on that on that show on Hill House? She was a twin who was uh, watching over her twin brother who was uh, an addict, mm-hmm. who also had a, a dead spouse. Mm-hmm. On this season, she plays a twin who's watching over her uh, her her twin brother who also has substance abuse, who also has a dead uh, uh, partner. So a good cast. <laughs> I guess so. It, it's also Netflix, so. Uh, but yeah, you know, she's do, actually doing a good job. I liked her on that show. I like what she's yeah. doing here, even though she's playing her same character. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, um, I think as the as the show goes on to season two, it's uh, it's a little bit more uh, 
piques your interest a little bit more. I like season one more, I would say, uh, for this one. Uh, mm. But uh, I think I think it's just a, it's, it's a fun time. Episodes run for about maybe 45 to 50 minutes long okay. sometimes. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, get a, I get a good time out of it. So yeah, mm. so that's all I got to say. All right. So my TV, I have a few things. Project Runway, I'm going to bang through these episodes because we missed about four of them. But I think this season is uh, very addictive. I like this season. I like those designers because there's a lot of shade thrown this season. <laughs> so a few episodes we missed included ups- Upcycling, which is where you're taking, like, own clothes from, like, the, um, um, like, you know, the Five Below, wherever you buy clothes from, and then you're remaking it into a new outfit. Um, and uh, I'm obsessed with this one designer named... Uh, Victoria and she's from Moldova and she has a very thick accent <laughs> and she does things like that and um, she has been in like the top whatever for like five weeks in a row until the most recent episode and then wow. she was like emotionally devastated by it but um, I have to uh, mention that there was some shade thrown on the season because one of the judges Carly Kloss who is a model is currently dating one of the Kushners who's directly rated to Trump's campaign and there was some shade thrown and it broke Ooh. the internet, Ooh. and it was spicy TV, and I kind of loved it. Yeah, nice. um, there was an 80s style Cindy Lauper challenge, mm. and I I like Cindy Lauper because she just comes out and she goes, "That looks like shit. That looks like <laughs> something I would wear." And uh, I really enjoy her. Um, there was a heritage challenge where they take you know your background uh, emotionally, uh, ethnically. Oh my gosh, I can't even think of the word <laughs> ethnic ethnicity. Ethnically, yeah. there we go. I got it, and uh, incorporate into an outfit, and then. The latest episode was an Ashley Longshore print collab, which I really loved. Ashley Longshore is, like, very big on uh, risque prints, so she uses, like, boobs and dildos in her prints. It was fun to see these things in some outfits that were considered fashionable. Yet again with Project Runway, there's episodes where I don't agree with, like, the tops and the bottoms. I don't really know what fashion is, but I can see where they're coming from, and it it makes good TV. It's a good, fun season. Um, A high recommend for me... Also on Netflix. Netflix is really killing the game lately. Uh, we have John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Uh, yeah. You need to watch this. This I is do. a fun, fun time. It's basically a... I love, I love Mulaney. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves Mulaney. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, someone we can relate to. But uh, it's an after school special in Sesame Street slash Reading Rainbow style where John Mulaney casts some kids and some famous celebs in really weird scenarios there's a lot of musical numbers there's a kid adult focus group where they're commenting on like on a movie and they're like did you recognize the actor oh yes ben affleck i recognize him or whatever that is uh there's a lot of broadway um people in it including Annalie ashford and andre de shields from hadestown and he's uh basically a math teacher and one of the songs is like how i lost my one eye from being a math teacher <laughs> and it goes into that uh some standout numbers include incl- uh i saw a white lady crying and it's a funny number Um, and Jake Gyllenhaal in perhaps his craziest role of all time as Mr. Music (laughs) has broken the internet he is like the denouement he is the final song and he goes batshit insane why these children just watch him like and it is disturbing and funny and lovable at the same time. I want to get into Jake, but, Daddy Jake's head. They're, they're, um, this kind of reminds me of that uh, MTV show that came out in the uh, early 2000s. Silent Library? No, 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 no. I love Silent Library. This, this, this was kind of like a like a, a parody of like children's programming um, that had a bunch of like, uh, weird celebrities pop in. Puppets mm. would say some really like out, outlandish things in public. Yeah. Kids would say some things. Frank Yankers? I, I, I think, I think Avenue Q? This might... Come, this might be where the uh, that's racist uh, oh, meme comes from as well. No, I don't think so. Well, I, maybe, I, I think maybe. it is. Uh, and, you know, like 
I think it was a John, um, uh, whoever it was from SVU. Uh, I don't the uh, I don't know. Um, I watch that. Um, that's like three thousand episodes. I ain't got time. But ice ice tea. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, but uh, no, I, 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 that kind of reminds me, of just like weird, yeah. like, like, like outrageous performances on a uh, on kids and a weird learning program i will yeah. say so yeah. Yeah, i want to check it out yeah i would highly recommend that mm-hmm. um other tv the good place uh season I finale still, next week i know i need to catch um, up before that and, happens and it's been sweet they did a another 180 on me and i kind of got into it uh, a certain character vicky comes back for a few episodes and i really mm-hmm. like vicky as a character <laughs> not to give any spoilers and then they realize that the good place isn't so good, and they're kind of wrapping it up with a bow. And part of me is like they're wrapping it up a little bit too fast. Mm. I would like a little bit more. I hear there's a movie, but I'm not really? sure. Yeah, I hear it was like this season, and then eventually a movie. Wow, that'd but be interesting. We know how NBC treats a series that like want a movie to go along with their yeah. uh, finale. I mean, well, we're, we're getting that Peacock streaming service, so maybe they'll. I don't know what that I is. I want to see your Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, that's what it's called. Your Peacock. <laughs> Um, but good place. Check it out. I've been along for this wild ride. Less than Matt, but I've caught up somehow. And yeah, and you've passed Matt. me. Yeah. yeah, I just. I, I what's TV anymore? I don't I know. know. <laughs> Literally, I feel the same. Uh, two more. Uh, AJ and the Queen, RuPaul's Netflix original series. Don't watch this unless you're a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh. Um, it is cheesy. It is over sentimental. I do love it because there's like unless you watch Drag Race and you can get every reference that's being thrown at you. You're not going to understand what's going on. And I don't think, I, as much as I love RuPaul and I love Drag Race Season 12, just casted. Very excited. It's going to be on Fridays from now on. Um, but AJ and the Queen is not a high recommend for me. It's it's like a Lifetime movie had an awful baby. Oh, no. And I don't know how to describe that, it other than that. That's saying something. Yeah, yeah. It's like high production, but at the same time... Very, very low production. <laughs> low effort. High production, no, low effort. No, I, I would even switch that. I would say, like, low production, high effort. It, okay. like, goes back and forth consistently. Um, If you like Tia Carrera, she's in this show. Remember her? Who? Is that? No, I'm thinking of uh, Tia Maori. I'm oh, thinking of a, no, it's not Sister Sister. <laughs> I'm thinking of a Tila Tequila. <laughs> also, not the same person. But, Whatever uh, happened to her? It, it, it's fun. Uh, basically, the premise is RuPaul goes on a caravan. He adopts this uh, little girl, and they go on a cross-country drag tour. And it's supposed to be funner than it is. I'm halfway through. I'll probably finish it. Probably is the main word in that sentence. But I don't highly recommend it unless you're a big fan of Drag Race. Mm. And then finally, the biggest deal that I've been obsessed with on Ooh. my couch, 10,000 years sick, uh, Netflix is The Circle. Uh, yeah. This okay. is a reality TV show where contestants are invited to a hotel, and it's very Big Brother-esque, and they're only allowed to communicate through social media. And they can post pictures of themselves, but at the same time, there's catfishing going on where contestants are playing characters that are not themselves and trying to skew... Is that part of the rules? Oh, yeah, it's part of the rules. They're supposed to... It's very weird and very elaborate, but it's a very good drunk, sick watch because I have two episodes left. Apparently, it's a big hit in the UK. This is the first American season, but you can only like... And it's interesting just thinking about what you would do on this show and how you would react. It's... It's just like these people are lying to each other, but at the same time, they can only communicate through this stupid voice-activated circle chat. So they're like, circle, comment on Matt Cabrera's profile. Say, I really like this pick. 
hashtag nightcaps at the theater. <laughs> and this is the way they talk to their voice activated circle system. That's so and weird. What do they do when they're not who posting knows? on Sometimes social media? Sometimes there's challenges, like you have to paint your fellow residents, and you have to bake a cake. It's weird. It, it feels like like we said like Big Brother esque, but yeah. it's also like a, a mesh of like. Um, Matt, Mark says this after watching um, twenty minutes of an episode. Like Black Mirror, also it's really oh, got yeah. the, it really wow. got those vibes where yeah. it's like this could be something. What if at the end of it they reveal that it's like all scripted well, they, or something? No, it, I, they, this, they, is they, what, this is what Mark it, said. It but really felt scripted. There's certain at people times. on the episode that are like they have to be a big enough asshole or a big enough jerk to speak this way. Like, there's no way this could be scripted. They're not that good of an actor. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I know some socially awkward people, and these people are socially awkward. I would I would recommend just give an episode one a watch, and if it gets you hooked and you have nothing else to do for. 12 hours then give it a watch <laughs> I'm almost done but I'm excited I'll have a similar show to talk about probably next time we reconvene yep alright finally done with TV court should we move into movie phone movie pick it up phone. who's gonna answer the call I've got six movies I've got All a right. lot of movies I've got a lot I'll, I'll, I won't go first all right, I'll go first. Okay, right. I'll keep talking. So, um, biggest one, I open up the Bergman box. I know it's been dwindling. I'm almost done. I think I have ten movies left. I watched the big one, Bergman's Persona, Ooh. and this is a classic. It is a character study where uh, the two actresses are basically playing the same person. It's very trippy, very surreal. There's a dick in the first, like, five seconds that's uh, <laughs> a very um, fight club, like, flashing it subliminally mm. at you like was that a dick i just saw yes it is and why is it there it's very artsy wow um and it just questions who is playing what and what is the purpose of this the editing in this movie is astounding it's one of my favorites um is god judging our actions and i put down modernism so this is the feelings that i got from it it's a high mm. recommend um i don't know if i'd watch it on this podcast because our minds might explode in trying to explain <laughs> what's going on it might be a little bit too cerebral but this one was one of my favorite bergman boxes that i saw uh lately um we talked about cats what the fuck cats yeah that's all i'm gonna say um there are uh meowdy screenings in yeah. some neighborhoods excuse me at, where you're allowed to Alamo. meow purr and uh groom yourself as if you were a cat while uh, watching uh, the film okay. thank you alamo okay. draft house oh yes. no no <laughs> dark this don't sounds do right up your alley you like cats They're, don't you these screenings are selling out oh like yeah hotcakes. Oh. even alamo described that it might have been one of the most underperforming movies but thanks to their screenings now you're yeah. going through the roof <laughs> what, what are you doing with your life if you're gonna do something like that this sounds like a circle contestant that would be <laughs> one of these meowdy screenings oh yeah for me oh, my god um even though mark doesn't want to talk about it Mark, I, I'm sorry to bring this oh, up. Oh, I know what you're going to talk We've about. We've got to bring up the last two Star Wars that I watched. Oh, <laughs> I finally yeah. caught up. Bye-bye. Um, uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> um, I didn't get all the hate for this. I kind of like this movie. I'm it's cur- good, right? I'm, I'm curious yeah. as to why. I didn't think it was that bad. Laura Dern shows up in a purple wig. She's doing her thing. She, yeah. she does like a kamikaze move. It's very visually spectacular. <laughs> She's the whole reason why oh, most I've got of the bad Rebels points. dies. I've got bad... Well, listen, Poe is the whole reason that the whole Rebels no. die. Oh, he's it, a stupid it, no. idiot. <laughs> he, she's the reason why. No, she doesn't tell so. anyone what the fuck's going to happen. Anyone. And that's what causes him to try and like say, go out of his way and say, we have to do this. No. That's the whole reason why. I don't think so. It's my opinion for this Star Wars movie. Oh. I said I liked the casino planet because it was oh. fashionable. But it was there pointless. There were some outfits there. 
Um, don't worry, we'll get to a pointless movie oh. right next. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I didn't enjoy a lot of this movie. I thought the slow speed chase was completely useless and one of the stupidest plot points that I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> we're chasing each other for days, but we're almost out of fuel. And yeah. I kept thinking of like airplane where like they mid <laughs> mid like level fuel the plane for it. And I, my, I just well, I don't know. My complaint about that is like this is a whole fleet of star destroyers that have hundreds of TIE fighters and yeah. they send out 10 yeah. and it's like nope come back and it's like why <laughs> there are four ships that have like no weapons on them and then you just destroyed their whole hangar yeah doesn't make any well, sense well I'm not a big Star Wars person but I thought it was fun for the ride when compared to the next Star Wars movie oh, Star wow. Wars Episode 9 Rise of the Skywalker is that correct? no The Rise of the Skywalker ri- oh I forgot one The Rise of Skywalker yeah it's clunky this was boring I did not like this movie at all it was stupid it reminded me of the Goonies when they get this stupid fucking dagger and it matches up with the Death Star mm. and I'm like who planned this out didn't the Death Star explode into a thousand a million pieces where did this ancient dagger come from that yeah, could have predicted like this piece of rubble would have lined up with this little doohickey that comes out of yeah. this sword I, oh, yeah. I don't know I didn't like all the flipping and flopping between Kylo Ren and uh, Rey uh, I just didn't it, get it, it I understand I, I, now for me to like say like it, it's consistent with The Last Jedi to know like this would still happen like this whole kind of like interacting in different environments but like that's like the only thing I can really like say that's sort of fascinating yeah about that but but mm-hmm. i i did it's not like this and not. i got the hate for it but I, I didn't see all the hate for the one previously before i didn't get all the rose hate i kind of liked rose as a character oh, yeah. oh i, I like, did yeah i like rose i don't yeah. like oh, we know but it's my opinion mark <laughs> I, I understand that i didn't think it was that bad yeah yep i like it uh what about the uh concept art for Colin Trevorrow's The Duel of the Fates. I went through that late? I don't, I don't care about that shit. Duel of the Fates? Yeah, yeah, the Duel of the Fates. You know what? what? You think? That, look, that looks more interesting, but I, I, after reading also the synopsis, terrible still. I think it's better. Like, yeah. A better idea for, exactly. for this, but like, still. there there's There's just no saving. There, yeah. There's not much worse than somehow Palpatine has returned. But, an, but the a, dead speak. Yeah, what a. <laughs> that was. I do agree. That was the worst That's, title crawl of all time. It's the worst. It was literally one. the worst. I was like, this is a stupid title crawl. What, uh, what I what I really hate about Last Shot is just like it's. We if, know. It, it, what I what, <laughs> what I what I what I really hate about it's just it's just so unfollow upable. It feels like there's nowhere to go after that movie ends. That's yeah. that's that's one of my biggest grievances with it. My general grievances. <laughs> oh. uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think they could have figured it out. Yeah. Oh, really? Did oh, they? They tried and yeah. they failed. Well, like, spontaneously, <laughs> like, dramatically. I'm not surprised. But. We need more purple wig and uh, some Arctic foxes. <laughs> sure, we do. <laughs> that I loved. They're so cute. They yeah, were running around. Those were really They're cute. around. Yeah, those were nice. Where so. did the crystal critters go? <laughs> I don't know, Finn. <laughs> so next we got a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh. I saw this. I didn't mention it during our last call segment because it yeah. didn't reach that high for me. Same. Uh, I missed it. I, I like Tom Hanks and him playing like uh, childhood characters that we've grown to love throughout the decades. But Mr. <laughs> Rogers seemed a little bit creepy in this movie and it was not <laughs> meshing with me. I think he was kind of creepy. Yeah. Though. Like in real life. I think he had uh, interesting, unique mannerisms. Very slow to speak. Very like just mm-hmm. kind of silently 
watching and observing you very intently as he spoke. I think that was him. Yeah, and I almost got the feels from this movie, but the fantasy moments, as Matt agreed, took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about how it was the journalist's story. Yeah, I I didn't really get it, but... And then I also give a similar complaint as there was in Joker. Really, we know every lyric to the Mr. Rogers opening uh, song on the train tracks in New York City. It's a popular show. (laughs) Pop- I know I watched Everyone it. Everyone was yeah. singing I do it. not and know every, every... There's like three verses. <laughs> they're like... If it was like, Hey, Mr. Rogers, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. A beautiful day in the... But, but they, they kept they going. They go on, Mark. They go on for like 10 minutes of the song. And I'm like, no one on the... the everyone on this the, train the will not know. The theme song's not that long. It's... Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised <laughs> because w- it stands out to me. And I'm like, there's no way everyone on this train yeah. in the middle of the day knows every word to the Mr. Yeah. Rogers lyrics. Like the homeless people <laughs> of uh, New York. Mark, have a little faith. This... No, <laughs> everyone talks about Bill Cosby Bill, at the time. At the Always time gotta being, bring up Bill Cosby being, Amer- being America's dad. What? I never do that. Yeah, it was a joke. Uh, but this this was a, this was just everyone's dad at, at the time. You know, yeah. I, I get that. hashtag not my dad. Yeah, what? I, get, I get that. I, I didn't grow up with Mr. Rogers. Oh, I, grew oh, I, with, okay. I grew up, but Tom Hanks was creepy in this movie. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like it. Oh, you can uh, play I every key on the piano. I'm like, yeah. okay, don't don't murder me in my sleep, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I still want to check it out. It, I, okay. uh, well, let me see. I did write like a, a quick blurb, a quick so review about it. So we get one of your uh, 10 movies see. down. Uh, Tom Hanks and team try to recapture that Saving Mr. Banks magic but fall short. Check out Won't You Be My Neighbor instead. <laughs> That's the documentary yeah, yeah, from, yeah, from a yeah. couple years ago. That one I do like. Yeah. Very good, very yeah. good. Um, Little Woman. We mentioned this last time. Great adaptation. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's fantastic. Uh, check out our last call for more details on that. Uh, big one that I know we all watched, Queen and Slim. Do we want to talk about it now? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, no, Mark hasn't watched it. Well, you could talk about oh, it. Oh, didn't like, he watch it? Oh. I didn't. I yeah, no, I didn't get it. So I no didn't spoilers. get around to it. No spoilers. Um, I just found it interesting that Melina... I can't pronounce her last Mussolini? name. Mussolini? No. <laughs> no, it's like Mustakis. Uh, she came from like music videos and then directed this. Um, yeah, that's uh, the person she, from she the, Aziz Ansari. And oh, no, I'm thinking Beyonce of Le- Lena Waithe. I'm thinking yeah, of Lena Waithe. Um, I found it interesting through the lens. I thought it was going to be a lot more powerful than it was. Yeah. It, 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 at points, it felt a bit heavy-handed to me, but it was understandable given the context I have written down. I felt like a lot of characters made a lot of poor decisions in this film. Yeah, they were not very smart. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of got that. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna say, like, one of them is a lawyer. Mm. Uh, so you expect Queen. You, yeah, <laughs> Queen is the lawyer, mm. and you expect them to have like some sort of uh, intelligence, and they do have a bit, but it's kind of lacking. It feels pretty inconsistent with like their choices and how they go on. Um, yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah well, I, I I was kind of afraid of this because I I was ex- not really excited to see this movie, but like from the trailer alone. When I first saw it, it felt uh, a little forced. Uh, like the circumstances that they were they were in, and like maybe some of the decisions that they made to like go where they end up going. I, I would assume. Oh, it happens in this movie. So, and, Let's go look at the horses, Matt. <laughs> I I liked it. I get it. I didn't get that. I, I get it. I liked some of the casting decisions because uh, my girl Angel from Pose was in this movie as mm. one of the 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 pimp uncle's side chicks. Yeah. Um, and there's some good fashion moments in this film. That's but true. Other than that, 
it wasn't one of my faves. I, I was expecting a little bit more. I think it's best, I have this written down, it's best to approach it as a romance film with yeah. racial injustice and the fugitive aspect as a backdrop rather mm-hmm. than a main focus as neither of the latter two are handled particularly intelligently. Yeah. I do like that Daniel Kaluuya is getting a lot of acting, though. Yeah, and, he's good. Um, Jodie Turner-Smith, who this is her debut. I think mm-hmm. they have good chemistry together. And it's yeah. interesting, I just would have liked to see the film in a different direction. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's hard um, to describe. I'll say I've that never directed a film before. <laughs> the best part of the movie is that poster. That yeah, poster is really good. Really good. Yeah. yeah. That's it for that. Um, I've got uncut gems. I felt like I was a nervous wreck in this. Uh, Tour de force for Adam. De- Adam. I almost called him Adam de Sandler. Um, Adam Sandler. Um, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, I saw this with my parents, and I kind of loved it. I loved how gritty it was. I know we mentioned this in our last call. Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout-out because that's literally the last thing I've seen, and I wanted to give Adam Sandler since he's been snubbed at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, Which so. means we're getting Grown Ups 3, baby. Yeah, I know. We're getting, we're, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Sh- all these yeah. shitty Netflix movies are yeah. coming out the bend. Oh, um, boy. I did really enjoy it for what it was, and it was like the last major film that I've seen mm-hmm. in 2019. Mm-hmm. So that's my movie phone. I'm finally done, and I'll shut up for the rest because I've got... Oh, wait... There's one more, but I don't know if I could consider it as a, a theater talk or trot on the boards or this. Oh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. Matt and I saw, and I'll make this quick because my opinions aren't, Matt and I saw the uh, <laughs> West Orange Classic Film Festival for West Side Story. Now, I love West Side Story, but if I have to say three words, no, four words, I can't count. Fuck you, West Orange. <laughs> I did not like this theater-going experience. Oh, no. And I should have known because it was a bunch of, like, old white people that are like, I remember West Side Story. It's my uh, day. Yeah. And I felt bad for Matt because this old man was sitting next to him and pleasant, <laughs> as I normally am, and talking throughout the whole movie, moving his hands around. I'm like, yeah. these are weird people I do not like to see. I felt very uncomfortable. I felt like Matt is going to tarnish his representation <laughs> of West Side Story, and we should have just watched on this fucking podcast. <laughs> because that really irritated me. I love this movie. I did not like this screening, and it really tainted my viewing of it. Uh, and, damn, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yep. Uh, the burger was good, though. <laughs> I didn't eat. I was just like, clutch. I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Was it a Biff burger? Movie. Oh no, Riff. Sorry, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. There you go. I hate Medore. There's a Biff Riff shit. No, Biff was in Back to the Future. Yeah. My bad. I'm sorry. Um, But I did not like it. Yeah. It wasn't ideal, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine seeing the other choices. And, like, even their thing after the movie was like. I printed out this Word document that I wrote for like 30 minutes. I feel like literally, and I, I back shit our podcast all the time. Yeah. We had more concrete information on this podcast yeah. than that old man did who was like, did you know West Side Story's a musical? Pop-up yeah. video. He was just kind of a random dude. I did not like this. He had some sort of title, but it wasn't. It didn't really seem significant. No, or... and I felt awful. I was like, Matt and April have been exposed to one of the classic American musicals. And now they're probably going to hate it. And I just went home and I cried about it for a long time. <laughs> no, I, I think I it didn't really... I was able to separate. I'm very good at separating Well, thank God, because you were next to this man that I would have been like, Sir, I understand that you enjoy <laughs> this musical and you are one of my elders, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I would have said that. Yeah, he was... I would have uh, been like, please, I'm trying to watch this. He was yeah. certainly uh, socially awkward. Yeah. Um, but still a great movie Uh, this was actually my first full viewing of it I had seen it on Broadway I thought maybe I had seen the movie before but it turns out you saw the revival? turns out it was just clips Uh, 
No, I watched. I don't know. Whenever two thousand nine was the oh yeah probably the one before yeah, this one because it was in high school. <laughs> when did you? Oh, this is a conversation for all. For sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I knew the story very well, um, and also Romeo and Juliet. So yeah, I knew the story. <laughs> uh, it's it's great though. Um, it, I, it's not like a perfect. It's not like a five star movie for me. Mm-hmm. I'll say, but it's very good, and you know. Parts of it made me uh, a little, a little emotional. Not really like yeah. tearing up, not because I was sad or anything, but I just liked seeing uh, this kind of uh, representation or focus on screen, and I like how. Uh, well, they were all white, mind you. Oh, I could tell. <laughs> yeah, so I just could so tell. You know, that, that wasn't one of the trivia facts. Bernardo, your face smeared. <laughs> <laughs> and that being brown that I've watched this 800 times with my kids this week, so oh, I, mean, yeah. I know more than that one dude knew. And I was like, Matt, can we please go? I'm just out of this. I can't. Oh, we, have yeah. the ops- we have the autopsy report. <laughs> Turns out you're not 100% Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> or even 1% Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah. Whatever. But, he was Greek! <laughs> but but it, it was good. Um, classic story. Um, great... Uh, I I I do really like how it was brought to life on the screen. It's mm-hmm. very colorful. Yes. Um, I like a lot of the costumes, uh, which is not something I say very often because mm-hmm. I don't really notice things like that uh, very often. But it was noticeable here. It was a standout. Um, some of the songs are forgettable. Pretty much the songs that you don't really know that aren't like part of the. The canon. The pop culture, yeah. yeah. The, the canon. Well, no, like the Broadway canon. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. going to listen to um, uh, Tonight yeah. or yeah. whatever, like the operatic songs, then Matt's going to tune out. And I was like, yeah, but he was, I, I think he was more into like America and, mm-hmm. um, you know. Oh, yeah, I love America. The more modernized versions. The, the ones that you know are yeah. the ones that are great. Yeah. The ones you don't know are forgettable. Yeah. So, something that I, I think I like the movie, because I watched this again, actually, uh, at home a couple weeks ago. Which like like a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I like how they they swap Officer Krupke and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cool. Yeah, uh, I think it works better for the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I I think that too. Uh, I don't know if they'll do that for. Um, they didn't. For, for no, they didn't, and okay. they cut. I feel pretty. Yeah, um, that's right. Which I get, and it, they hmm. like. I, I see the Broadway version in like two weeks, but um, they should also, I'll report they, back. They should also cut a dancer uh, as well. Yeah, I hear that there's people protesting, but at the same time, like he didn't act very well in Carousel. At the same time, and I don't go to see West Side Story for Bernardo. I go for see other things like the dancing, but they were protesting that last night. I hear good things about their production, as I said, mm. Yeah. Mm. which, you know, I'll be jaded until I see it and then I'll give my real commentary on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't think the ending is like cheesy. I feel like some. How many bullets <laughs> left, Chino? Are that for you? Yeah. yeah. Are that for me? Honestly, I never thought it was cheesy. I, I love that ending. Honestly, it hits That's me. That's how I met Mark. Yeah. I was like, how yeah. many bullets left, Mark? <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's going to be my friend for a long time. Nice. And look, here we are still today. <laughs> still. It gives me. um, What did it give me? It gave me. Oh, I know what you're thinking about. Vibes. Is it the other Natalie Wood movie uh, with James no, no. Dean? No, you're not going to think. Rebel Without a Cause? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's it, a good movie, too. It gave me... What the fuck is that? Oh, uh, Schindler's List vibes, what? actually. Whoa. Schindler's List I think, vibes from West Side Story. Was it the just one girl in red? I think... No, well, maybe. <laughs> I think it's just one person talking very emotionally to a crowd of people. Yeah. 
and it's very theatrical. Uh, giving them, you know, a moral. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. it hit me. It hit yeah. me uh pretty pretty decently. Yeah. I had seen that clip before, I'm pretty sure, but yeah, it's it, it's great. And if it was just you, me, and April in the theater and <laughs> well, Mark yeah. <laughs> at my home. Next time we'll book watching it, the Blu-ray. We'll book it privately. I would have felt a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't worry, it didn't didn't impact my viewing of it. Still thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Well, that's all my talk until music so okay. go at it while i go to the bathroom <laughs> all right uh <laughs> what do i want to talk about first did i did i talk about spies in disguise yet no. oh eh, i'll just mention it was all right <laughs> it's all right it's, it's got a good message uh decent animation with like neon hues especially in the beginning uh but there's a lot of yelling from will smith and tom holland and it's just like stop the yelling <laughs> and the plot is uh I mean, it's pretty silly. Uh, it's a little bit incongruent at times. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. I get what they were going for, but I think it could have meshed together a little bit better. Just a, a tad better. Mm-hmm. It's about Will Smith being accidentally turned into a pigeon. See, I, He's I like a super spy, a master spy. And... I, I would have figured with a movie called Spies in Disguise, they're they're being disguised like with like different things, you know, different like people or animals or objects. Well, you reduce it to just a pigeon. Here's what you might not realize. Oh no, spies in the skies. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Got him. I hate you, movie. That's a live reaction. It's Ugh. there was actually another title uh, floated around for a long time until they changed it to this one, Pigeon Impossible. Shut I, up. I, I like that, that one. That would have been like that's like the code name for the movie. <laughs> I like that one a lot more. I think they should have released it as that Ugh. Pigeon Impossible. It is clever. I will say that it's, it gets a lot. It gets the vibe of the movie out there mm-hmm. better than Spies in Disguise. Ah. But yeah, that's all I have to say on that one. Yeah. You don't want you want it to finish no, off your list. Yeah, you're, it's just a one-off for now. Okay, um, I watched. Uh, oh, there's a couple movies uh, here that uh, that came out uh, 2019 that didn't make the list, mm. or like I just I'm now catching up on. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, the Red Boxes, uh, the Fanatic. Oh, with John Travolta, <laughs> yes, baby. Yeah. I wanted to check this one out, but then I realized I have self-respect. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I can say I can recommend it or don't recommend it. Yeah. But it's, as I wrote down here, it's a fascinating, shitty movie. <laughs> that's all, That's great. The opening line uh, for this movie uh, from John Travolta is, um, I can't stay long. I have to poop. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I need to watch this. Please tell me we're watching it this month. <laughs> oh, that's... Wow. What, uh, so I'm going to name off the positives first. <laughs> One, it's short. Okay. Uh, two, it's laughable. Mm. Uh, and um, I think that's it. <laughs> uh, I've never seen a performance like this before from John Travolta. Or uh, I might have seen it from other people. It's it's closer to um, that Rosie O'Donnell movie where she plays a mentally ill woman. Uh, and she just takes the bus all the time. But <laughs> I, I that know what this but, is. But that movie is far more offensive than what he's oh. portraying right here. Oh boy, he's definitely someone who's mentally ill. Yeah, um, someone who's who's not socially capable to take in, in all the environments and the people that that are around him. So uh, he's definitely a personality, and <laughs> I just don't know. Like he he lives on his own, and the way he makes money is that. He goes to Hollywood Boulevard 
or um whatever stands in front of the Chinese theater. Okay. And like is like a character, you know, the people that dress up as Spider-Man right. or like Superman and stuff like that. <laughs> they all get into fights. But he he <laughs> um he dresses up as a uh, an English Bobby and he who uh, he just puts on like a fake mustache and like the big top hat and a little like club <laughs> and just sw- swings around and he looks up um accents uh on a, a on you know British dialects or like popular phrases. And there's just a scene where he's just like looking at himself in the mirror just going poppycock poppycock (laughs) (laughs) that sounds amazing (laughs) and and then it cuts to him like saying it on the street as people are walking by and he's just making money like why are they paying for this I don't know and he's not paying as uh, he's not getting as much money as well and uh, so uh, this movie is directed by Fred Durst oh yeah of Biscuit yeah, um, I forgot about that. And there, there's a very there's a scene where um so Devin Sawa also stars this movie. Apparently, like John Travolta is stalking Devin Sawa, but he plays a a, a shitty action uh, star called uh, Hunter Dunbar. Oh, okay. And uh, anyone who doesn't know who Devin Sawa? He's from like uh, the first Final Destination movie, Idle Hands, one of my Ooh, favorite yes. movies. Um, he was all, he's also Stan and Eminem's Stan. Huh. If anyone's familiar with that, okay. from that era, yeah, of course. Um, but um, yeah, he Devin Saw was in the car with his kid, and he's like, "Hey, you want to listen to some music?" Turns on turns on the radio, Limp and Limp Biscuit is playing. Yes. He's like, "You ever listen to this stuff?" I listen to this all the way back in the day. This is my shit. Oh, he's saying I this to his like twelve year old kid. I it, love it. And it's just like, God damn you, man! Yes. I can't believe it. How did I miss this one? I will say it's shot well enough to be like a um you know sustainable film this isn't fred durst's first film mind you is it not he's had i think one or two more uh so this movie flopped uh (laughs) of course uh this movie made not even four thousand dollars and this played in 52 (laughs) theaters when it first released (laughs) and i don't think they even lasted a week (laughs) it is it's 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 really entertaining. Also, um, John Travolta's character uh, here is called Moose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ooh. it's so pathetic! It's so pathetic. But I I, I can't help but say, you might want to watch this just for <laughs> just for bragging rights, because yeah. it's it's so it's you know there, there there's there's a scene when he goes into the house, uh, John Travolta into Devin Sawa's house, and he's a rich guy. And it's completely empty, and he's just looking at everything. Takes up two antlers that are that are on his table, just for I guess whatever reason. He puts them to his head, and he's sitting on the couch, just going, "Moose is in the house. Moose <laughs> is in the house." Oh yes, and this is this is right on my this alley. This is on Amazon Prime, just so you know. It's on Amazon Video. It's a Redbox original that's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's Weird. how I saw it. So go check it out if you want to. Oh yes, um, I do. But um, yeah, awesome. Uh, next one up. This movie came out a couple years ago, but uh, I, I don't. I forget if you talked about this. It's called Overlord. Uh, I wanted to watch it. I never got around to it. This uh, this uh, is the Nazi one, right? Yeah, it's a Nazi zombie movie. That's <laughs> real. Not that good. It's it's. I would just say on par of saying okay it's mm. I, I i had higher hopes for it just for entertainment value or it's like oh maybe just a movie that you see like guns going off and nazi zombies are being yeah. blown up or what. it it barely gets there not like there's an entertaining like five ten minute scene uh in the beginning 
uh, that's like uh, like uh, planes are going down and there's there's some interesting set pieces but for the majority of the film it's just a slog and it's just Damn. it's not that not that great uh, it stars a uh, uh, Joven uh, Adepo or Joe um, he he's um Man, let me. I got his IMDb up here right now. Um, he was in um, uh, Watchmen, uh, Jack Ryan season two. Uh, he's going to be uh, in the stand uh, that's going to be coming out soon as a le- le- uh, Larry Underwood. Larry, uh, <laughs> Larry Underwood is a major character. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he'll be playing him. Uh, he was also in The Leftovers, Ooh. which uh, makes more sense why he's in Watchmen too. I guess he has like a you know like a repertoire with uh, HBO uh, or yes. Richard uh, uh, or uh, what's oh, his name? Oh yeah, Lindelof. L- yeah, David Lindelof. Uh, Fences also. Oh, he, he played Corey. Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, it stars him and uh, uh, Wyatt Russell, uh, Kurt Russell's son, hmm. who um, yeah he's been making rounds too. Uh, not not too big on. Um, some of his films, but uh, you know he's making a name for himself. He's gonna be in the 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 Falcon and the Winter Soldier when it comes uh. to Disney Plus. So, jo- John, you, you you're looking forward to that, aren't you? What? Who am I? <laughs> I'm looking out the window. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, am I yeah, I find it, it's it's entertaining. Maybe once it gets to the last half hour when stuff needs to happen, but it's it feels awkward at times, mm. like interactions, and it has a very just like whatever ending. Like it doesn't go anywhere. Like yeah. that's that's it. It just has like a meaningless villain at the same time. Here was a great in Dolby. <laughs> lots sure, of uh, I'm sure rumble. It was. Lots of I don't know maybe, sounds. Maybe for forty minutes out of like the two hours. Oh, that's but, a shame. Uh, I'm skip it. And it's weird how you have a meaningless villain when your villain is Nazi zombies. It's uh, oh my god like, that, that, that feels there, like a there, waste. there's a scene where where he goes a thousand year Reich needs. Thousand year soldiers. <laughs> like, oh, I like that though. Like, I, mean, I like the camp, but it doesn't go further than that though. It, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't trust itself. This, this is also supposed to be part, uh, and and they and they backed away from it. Part of the Cloverfield verse, <laughs> and they they took they took that away immediately. But like that, <laughs> even that doesn't do anything too. Like, it's still a shitty movie. I'm kind of glad they did because. Nobody in Cloverfield would be like, "Hey, remember the '60s or the '40s when we had Nazi zombies?" Yeah. Um, but a better World War II film I revisited. Uh, one of my favorites is a is a Bridge Too Far. Uh, mm. It's got a cavalcade of uh, of cast members: Michael Caine, um, oh, Anthony Hopkins. Um, uh, um, I want to say James Con. Uh, Robert, no, no, no impression. Robert, okay. Robert Redford. Um, oh. And basically, th- this <laughs> is them all. Th- okay, this is go. a this is a three hour film. Um, wow. It's uh, it's about a, a real event that took place. It was called Operation Marker Garden, where um, uh, Field Marshal uh, Montgomery and Patton had planned to uh, invade uh, Germany, uh, or, or, or no, uh, uh, Belgium actually. Uh, yeah, it's same uh, Belgium, and. Uh, Take these uh, bridges that would evidently like end the war closer to when it eventually did, and it just hmm. doesn't go well. They go in with at least forty thousand soldiers, and I think about maybe ten thousand come back. Oof. It's it, it became a failure, and uh, there was just things that just went that people overlooked, where it's like, oh, there's tanks right here. It's like, ah, they're probably not operational, and like pe- like it, it just turned into kind of like a shit fest and. 
and uh, it, it didn't go well. But it, it like for for a movie that's that was like kind of marketed as like uh, like hey, it's a World War Two film, and and, and yeah. the, the Allies are gonna win, and it it doesn't go according to plan. But it yeah. also shows like a, a, a another side of the of uh, the Nazis where not all were just like like yeah, you know, we're, we're evil for the sake of being evil. We right. hate everyone. It's like there's like genuine respect for each uh, uh, side that uh, the that that when um. You know POWs come into play and stuff like that, and then mm. you know That's just good. like the like the, uh, the the rules of war stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a uh, uh, Geneva I, Convention. I, I think it's shot. I think it's shot really well too. And uh, for the time it came out, it's like early like 1970s. So uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. Cool. I, it's a, it's one of my favorite films. Very nice. Uh, next one up, the last black man in San Francisco. Hey, still need to get around to this. Same. I really like this movie. Nice. It's it's uh it's from director Joe uh, Tolbot, uh, who um who uh, shares a name with the lead singer of Idols, I believe. And, oh, I, I don't uh, know Idols. Oh, I don't. Ooh, that, they're great. Yeah, they had uh, one of the best records of last year or two years ago, and they're uh, uh it's like a a punk, a very heavy punk British band, whose like motto and creeds are like loving yourself and equality and equity for everyone, and like immigration is fine. But listening to it, they're just like shouting at you so aggressively. It's like they're shouting at you aggressively to be a, a decent human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is his second film. I think his first one was um, American. I have it right here. Pie, Gladiator, Honey, Honey. <laughs> uh, what else? Hold on, hold on. I have it right here. It was uh, American Paradise. And it also mm. like um, starred the other lead of, of uh, this movie, uh, Jimmy Fails, who I think has the same character name in both movies, but it's also his real name as well. Wow! I don't I know like why that, that is. I need to explore that. <laughs> I, I really like. But that he choice. he was he was um, a standout in this movie. Him uh, and his other um, co-star here, uh, Jonathan Majors, they're both uh, played awkwardly, but really fascinating at the same time like they're 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 kind of separated from sort of like like the social norm like for uh so jimmy who's who's our lead here um him and his friend tried to uh take back this house from his grandfather who had built it in the uh late 1800s and that was owned by i guess supposedly the the only black man uh in san francisco around that time period mm. that didn't uh, live in a rural area and like grew up in a, in a, in a white neighborhood. Uh, right. So, um, and, and they do, and like they're remodeling it, they're putting things back in and his, and so his, his friends, um, uh, played by Jonathan majors is, uh, uh, an up, uh, up and coming kind of like theater, uh, um, uh, uh, uh yeah, that thespian director writer. He, uh, he's inspired. He's looking at, all different kinds of personas around uh, the uh, uh, the Bay Area, and like like a, a man who's preaching the good word, uh, a bunch of just like thugs who are just kind of like like spitting rhyme at each other or just like throwing insults at each other. So and he's just like going up to him. And he's just like wonderful. That's wonderful, guys. Now, but I need more tensi. And they're just looking at him like, dude, you're not, you're not a director. And he's like, keep working on it. <laughs> and, and and all that comes back into play at the end of the movie too which makes it a lot more impactful for uh for Jimmy's character too and and just the way they kind of balance off each other and why 
they have the relationship that they do with each other as well and it's just shot really well it's it, it's really well written and you kind of you get to explore jimmy's lifestyle and, and uh his past uh not through flashbacks but just like his family and like family friends that come into play you know mike epps makes an appearance in here as well that has some impactful stuff and and, and uh danny glover and just kind of history just like uh, a community that that's really what the like the, the movie's kind of about just kind of like how everyone kind of feeds off each other and like where everyone stands. Mm, so nice. I, I, uh, I really love it. Uh, it's a total recommend from me. Awesome. Uh, so uh, next one is a uh, one child nation. Uh, this uh, is a, yeah. this is a documentary from a uh, director, uh, Nanfu Wang. Uh, and uh, what she's doing here is that she's kind of exploring the, uh, the, the one child law in, uh, in China that was enacted, I think in a, uh, I think the 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 eighties nineties. I think eighties. And uh, where you know no they, they China uh, deemed were because there was a population issue, and they, they and only families were allowed to only have one child, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it and now it's now two children and, and I think that that uh, that was, uh, uh, they they edited that maybe only a couple years ago. Yeah. I want to say maybe like 2013, 14. And so that allows you to have, you know, an additional child. But I think, like, the only reason behind it, like, they explored a little bit, too, is, like, if you had a girl, um, most families were deeming for a boy just to keep the family um, name going. Right. And if, like, uh, if your only girl married into another family, then, like, that family's dynasty is gone. And, like, they don't view you as that name. That, like, you keep keeping that name or that family name. Yeah. So it's uh, there's some kind of upsetting stuff here. One thing I found really impactful is that, when she was um, uh, uh, interviewing a den uh, uh, or a, a midwife uh, of the of the area, she talks about like where it's like, oh, how many how many babies have you have you given birth to? Or it's like, oh, I've lost count, but I know every child I had to um, give an abortion to or kill, and wow. she gives and uh, gives a number, and it's like fifty thousand. Jesus, and it's, it's it's deep. It's 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 a really deep film. Um, it's some really impactful stuff. Um, images too. If uh, if you're a little squeamish on some things mm. in terms of like you know, you know, um, but uh, it's uh, it, it's it's something that I think I also got overlooked. The thing in terms of uh, documentaries, uh, I haven't watched many this year, but uh, this one really stood out for me. Uh, really held my attention, and uh, yeah. And uh, well, one more thing that uh, that really like caught my ear was like when she's interviewing her mother, uh, she talks about where it's like, um, would you st- like would you still want the the one child law to be enacted or like uh, do, or do you regret it uh, ever being enacted? It's like, like no, and and she, and she's like taken back. We're like why? And it's like because they're like people were like were turning into cannibals at, at that time. Like no one could feed e- each other. People were dying on the streets. Babies yeah. were being left all over the place, you know, and. Um, it's uh, you know it's 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 an interesting thing to hear something like that too. So uh, it's no good solution. Yeah, no, and so yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, I have one more movie to talk about. I'm pretty sure you uh, uh, you'll talk about it too. I think so. So maybe I'll leave that until right, you get to it. Good. Let's see what I got. Let me pull up this list. Bow. <laughs> Let me talk about uh, Ip Man Four: The oh, Finale. I only watched one. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've uh, I haven't seen any of the other Ip Men. I watched the spinoff last year, Master Z Ip Man Legacy, mm-hmm. with uh, I forget his name, but <laughs> this one it's not Donnie Yen. This one is Donnie Yen, mm-hmm. uh, playing 
the Ip Man, and it also has a Bruce Lee or a character, somebody playing the character of Bruce Lee. Oh, from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for for a good amount of its runtime, which is good. It was really uh, nice to see uh, that character and the relationship between uh, Bruce Lee and Ip Man. I wish it were explored a little bit more. This entry, it gets a bit too like patriotic, a little bit too nationalistic, and very campy. Um, in in a way that I heard the first two are not like. The third one kind of uh, strikes a balance between like campiness and just like a straight kung fu movie. I would say there's no camp in the first one. I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. So it's it's kind of weird, and I don't think I really like the decision that, to do it here because a lot of it just doesn't really lead to a good, like, meaningful message or significance. It's really, it's very campy. It oh. feels like very soapy and like a like you're just watching a, a soap opera unfold. Once you bring in Mike Tyson, I think there's only no way yeah. but downward. <laughs> That's true. And um, there, there's some, like, good kung fu on display here, but overall it's, it's pretty lacking. And they do uh, what the latest Rambo did. Um, oh, towards no. the end of this movie, no. no, no, it's not that. They just show clips from the earlier movies. Oh, and it's like, damn, I would rather be watching these instead of the one I just watched. I guess to make you assume this is the last of It Man. Uh, supposedly, it's called uh, yeah, It Man for the finale. And Donnie Yen says he's done with the role. He's moving on to like real Hollywood. He was in Rogue One, and True. he's uh, gonna be in Mulan. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So he's he's supposedly given up the It Man role, but we'll see. We'll see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we got Like a Boss. This is... Oh. <laughs> Ooh. This is a Tiffany man. Haddish, Roseburn, and Salma yes. Hayek. It looked okay. Well, uh, B- uh, Billy Porter's in this, too. Yeah. Uh, and Billy Porter, yes. He's a highlight, uh, honestly. He'd... Witness my moment. Tragic moment. Tragic moment. A lot of people hated that moment in the trailers. <laughs> I don't know why. I think they're I, just was, not like... That was the best one I thought out of that trailer. I mean, that trailer yeah, was I liked it. okay. I thought well, like, that yeah. Roseburn was uh, Anna Faris for the longest while. I went, is that <laughs> Anna Faris? <laughs> not an unfair comparison. Yeah. But, um... Uh, but yeah, no, people... I think it's just because they have to, like... Uh, A-list members, such as I, <laughs> have to... Really? Have to watch... Everything. Certain trailers <laughs> many times uh-huh. over the course of a few months. And I think this one just ended up getting on people's nerves. Mm. But it's that one's a good joke. It plays a little bit better in the movie, in the context of the movie, too. So that's good. Um, honestly, it wasn't too bad. Uh, some jokes. It's not a particularly funny movie the way I expected it to be. But I don't think it's necessarily trying to be either. Because um, it had a lot more dramatic moments than I thought it would. Uh, it's not... It's not really a comedy drama. It's still a comedy, but there is a large emphasis on uh, Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne's relationship. Um, it's a short movie. It's like 83 minutes long. Huh. Like, really short. Probably the shortest one I saw all last year or this year. Um, but it's okay. It's definitely, you know, turn your mind off. Enjoy a bit of the slapstick. That's when uh, the movie... Is at its best, I think, when it's either when it's embracing gross-out humor or slapstick. Uh, the actual like dialogue jokes, yeah, they're not too strong, but it's it's whatever. It's forgettable, but it's fine. Uh, next, we got nineteen seventeen. Yeah, this is the one you yep, wanted, wanted to it. talk about. Um, 
listen, it's got flaws, but I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. I was so into it. I all right. So the the one take nature of this movie uh, for a while, for a little bit before I entered the theater, I was like really excited for it. I was like, I love this style of movie. It's right up my alley. And as it played out in the first like ten or fifteen or twenty minutes, it felt a little limiting. I actually thought maybe the movie would be better served by like a combination of long takes and more traditional cuts. But over time, as situations unfold in the movie, it it really starts to uh, to kind of reveal the the reasoning behind it and the the power behind like this one take uh, uh, style of shooting, like there's just a lot of moments that play out very naturally and organically there's a lot of like pauses when you're just watching people walk around and uh it it feels immersive not like not in a way where like you're watching a big set piece or anything but it just feels like you're really watching uh the life of a soldier and like all the emptiness and meaningful conversations that come along with them uh there's parts of the movie where like one part of the movie it's such kind of a nothing moment where the lead character has to get other soldiers to uh lift a car out of the mud that gets trapped Mm -hmm. and i think the long take nature of it just honestly really adds to it adds to like there's a bit of tension within this scene in like this random soldier who joins like this uh, this like random small squad of, of other soldiers um, on the same side they have to he has to like kind of get them to band together for this common cause because he needs to be on his way it's a time sensitive mission mm-hmm. and yeah the way the long take plays out it just really adds to like the transformation that happens throughout the scene and like the other soldiers uh, 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 perspective of like what this guy's going through. Uh, I don't know if I'm really uh, getting it across very well. No, no, but no. I, I, I totally know what you're talking about. Here. Yeah. I, I, I like it quite a bit. And uh, yeah, the lighting in certain scenes just fucking got me. <laughs> like, um, uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Um, no, but like, go for it. Like, now, in terms of like the like the one take, it, it, there's obvious points where you know where like this is a different like yeah film. Not as know. obvious as a Birdman, I would say. Mm, yeah, I would. There, I would there's think no so. like panning to the sun, and then but like the, it'll it'll pan over something kind of like meaningless, and then yeah. and, like the, the soldiers soldiers were then like uh, re reappear back into the shot. Yeah, and um, you know, and then there's like the obvious one, like closer to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of lighting. Um, like when, at, right after that happens, um, like like some like when the flares go up, and like the big like pit of fire is there, and I'm like, yeah. and the music is swelling. Yeah. Oh, it all comes together. Would, it was I, so beautiful; it almost made me shed a tear. I would almost think that like, it would almost be better without music, but like sometimes it actually elevates the scenes like yeah. like much better than you think. Like there, there's at one point uh, when when the sniper's on him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this could do without music here. I think, like, mm. it, it would feel more tense. I would feel, I would think. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I totally get what you're what you're um, talking about in terms of like, 
keeping it like on these actors and like just it, it feels more immersive and more more getting into the mindset of like what they're going going towards and like yeah. when, when it gets to like that one point in the film like oh you know like i didn't really see coming but yeah. like the opening really like telegraphs that for you to like know like this is who you're going to be focusing on yeah too and like where it goes at the end of the movie too it I think it really helps push that. Mm-hmm. I've seen some complaints where it's like it doesn't doesn't really do anything, where like it it's kind of meaningless. And like, yeah, I mean, the whole war at that point <laughs> it was kind of meaningless. I mean, yeah, it ends in a, it ends in a standstill. It's it, it it's one of like the um, bloodiest wars in, in human history. You know, it, like my takeaway from it too was just like it, it felt like a journey through hell. You know, I mm-hmm. wrote down where it's like it felt like Dante's Inferno, where it's just like because you're just seeing like grayness and chaos and then oh, yeah. fire Lots and some of corpses uh, rotting like flesh. especially at points where you didn't think like they would be like yeah. like in the ravine just like yeah oh that's one of my like uh, worst shots in the movie i think is when he jumps over in, into the water i think it felt, right. it felt a little c- too cgi-ish but it's yeah you know, like it, afterwards it's it's pretty good and i like some of the cameos that, that pop up here as well especially not in, that weren't highlighted in the trailer yeah that's true i saw one complaint that the cameos kind of um stole the scenes from the from the actors we were watching i disagree with that i could kind of see it because they had more of a they had more bombastic personality yeah. i mean i'm glad they were only there for a limited amount of time i don't think it would have worked as a as a character that was there for a while mm-hmm. but um i did see some complaints that uh, the lead actors were kind of wooden or uh, didn't show off a lot of range and mm-hmm. I could I could kind of see that but at the same time I think the movie calls for it just because it is a war movie and everyone is kind of treated like just like a, a faceless soldier yeah that you know you could lose at any moment mm-hmm. and uh, you know you don't want to get too attached yeah um, I, I did like the one take nature that or I feel like it added to the threat of uh, something being being able to come at you at any moment. Mm-hmm. Like um, the long takes really provided you with a sense of calm at some points, and then out of nowhere, like a bullet would ring out, and yeah. from there you would like hit the ground running. I I think what, um, my least favorite thing in the film might have to do with the woman. Yeah, I, 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 I know why it's there. You know, it's to help try to elevate where it's like, oh, like, uh, like from every point of view, yeah. like, you know, like citizens were like hiding and there's people like, like not sure what to do and like that, like, but it, it, it felt too obvious. It felt like mm. it, it didn't need to be there, but it's also set up earlier with like the, with the, with the milk mm-hmm. too. And I'm like, all right, fine. I guess we need this here. Yeah. I, I'll say the script isn't the strongest mm. overall. Um, I think maybe it thinks the points it's making are a little more uh, significant than they actually are, and it kind of doesn't think the situations are as obvious as it might seem to some audience mm-hmm. members. Um, but, you know, even despite a slightly weak script um, and some uh, kind of undercooked characterization, which is another complaint that i saw um i I just really was into it i i love seeing things like this at the theater and i love seeing it made in in production and i I still thought it was powerful i almost shed a tear twice yeah and uh it's not because of like something sad that happened that made me emotional it was just like 
this is so damn beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I love the filmmaking. I love the rationale behind it. I, I, I think there's just enough character moments uh, for for uh, the two leads yeah. that, uh, that, 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 that there needs to be. I, 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 I get the tension. I get why like like what what they're doing what they need to do and like uh i, I think there's just enough there to really grasp on to that mm-hmm. um i think the one take stuff is uh, uh pretty like 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 you and i said like uh, immersive and impactful uh yeah. and uh, I, I i feel tense almost throughout the whole film too you know yeah. And uh, uh, another shout out to the um they, they don't do this enough when it, when they when they talk about world war 1 or just like um, who was involved, but like the the Indian sh- soldiers that mm-hmm. were involved here too, like the, I think they're like the Skahi, uh, like regiment. Um, they they they're often never portrayed uh, in these films, and uh, I think like the only film I remember like seeing, um, it's not really saying much is Wonder Woman. Mm. Uh, like they're just there for like a brief shot, like you can see like wow. a few of them, but like here too, and like they give them like some pretty definitive like speaking lines. It's a uh, yeah, it really helped say something. So I, I like how they did that. Yeah, very nice. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I liked it. I really <laughs> like. I really did. Same. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Next, we got a uh, Just Mercy. This is a legal uh, drama yeah. with Michael B. Jordan <laughs> and Jamie Fox. Michael B. Jordan is playing a, a lawyer uh, who is trying to get inmates off of death row in Alabama, I believe. <laughs> And it's it's a good movie. I was expecting it to be a little bit more powerful, a little bit more emotional. I was expecting it to be more of a tour de force in acting from both Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. I mean, I think they're they're good here. I just wish the script kind of gave them a little bit more to do or a little bit more uh, ways to act. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is very restrained here, which kind of makes sense given his profession, but... I would have liked to see it just uh, taken a little bit further. Um, but it's a good movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not really, I'm not particularly surprised that it didn't get like much Oscar love. Or I don't, I don't even think it got any. Yeah. But um, it came out too late too, I think. Yeah. twenty. I mean, it came out the same dates as uh, 1917, but that had so much more buzz behind it. True. Um and Just Mercy is now playing in selected Dolby cinemas for some reason. <laughs> Can't I, wait. I honestly think Downton Abbey was a better Dolby choice than Just Mercy. Because mm. uh, there's, there's no, it's not an action movie like at all. It's just people <laughs> talking. Oh, and I think uh, Brie Larson is also in this. I forgot to mention. Uh, she has a southern accent. She's, she's uh, fine in the role, but I think her character is a little bit wasted. Um, this... All of these characters are based on real people, uh, based on a true story or true uh, legal proceedings. But um, I, I don't know. I feel like her character wasn't done justice to <laughs> uh, because she just doesn't really impact the plot much. She's kind of a sounding board for Michael B. Jordan's character. And I, I think the actual person that she's based on probably did more than we see in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a shame. Uh, next we got oh boy this is a we got fucking Doolittle oh baby no. I can't wait I, did it did, is, did it do little for you this is fucking garbage <laughs> listen I watched 
Playing with Fire with John Cena and Keegan-Michael Key last year. Ew. I watched Arctic Dogs with Jeremy Renner and Heidi Klum. I don't think you you talked about uh, Playing with Fire. Eh, That's fine. (laughs) I don't have enough time in the day. I watched watched Countdown. I watched Playmobil, the movie. Doolittle is the worst movie I've seen since... In a long while Ever. since Master of Disguise. Oh, that bad. <laughs> and uh, and I but got, did it look better? Uh, slightly. Robert Downey Jr. gives uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Robert Downey a dragon, a, a rectal oh, exam. Oh yes, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. fists a dragon. No, in this movie. Why is there a dragon in this? The beginning. Why not? Uh, <laughs> there is. Um, this movie gave me a headache. I I, sh- I watched this in IMAX. I should not have done that because it's very frenetic. It's just a lot of it at all. Oh, it's that's true. It's just close-ups of CGI animals, like just very quick cuts from one to the next, one to the next, and they're all just like yelling and saying dumb jokes, and it's like, oh my god, like I was overstimulated uh, with shit just being constantly thrown at me. Um, I, I got Master of Disguise feels, vibes from this because Robert Downey Jr. does a voice that is inscrutable. It's an accent that doesn't exist in the natural world. What? It's like... It's British. No, it's not. <laughs> really? It's like somewhere between Irish and British and just like a really haggardly voice. It's so bad. I don't know why they went through with this, why this was a a choice for them. Uh, the story is pretty incoherent. They just move from one set piece to the other and they don't let it doesn't allow for any breathing room. Just no stakes in any of these characters. It's so it's so bad. There's a scene when they get uh they get locked up by I don't know the villain. I, I don't even remember who the villain the is. The dragon? Yeah, they get locked up in like a, a dungeon, and they see other prisoners as they as they walk by, and one of them just goes, "I'm Jeff," and then you what? never you never see or hear from Jeff again. <laughs> <laughs> he just that's his two lines, and that's it. Oh. And none of the jokes land. There's no like good sense of adventure. Um, there's like a an asshole jackrabbit that you encounter in this dungeon, and he's talking to Doc. He's talking to Robert Downey Jr. and he says, uh, "Let me Don't see. Let me find him it here." Doctor title. He says, "Did Doctor do little do a little do do?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Fuck this!" Oh, yes, no. yes, he did. Oh. He this whole movie. He is shit doo-doo. his pants. <laughs> no, he didn't. But. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason for these any of these jokes to be made. It's just awful, and I don't know why they thought this was clever or smart or why it needed to be made. It cost. Well, well, let me get to that a little bit later. Well, um, I I really want to know. John Cena is also in this uh, movie. He plays a polar bear, polar bear that keeps saying like, "Bro, like, <laughs> bro, you gotta." 
you you gotta play it cool, bro. You gotta get the golden compass. <laughs> He's trying to play off of uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who's a little bit more of a nerd. He plays an ostrich. A typical uh, nerdy animal. Yes. It's it's bad, but it's okay. And the polar bear is like, no man, ostrich, you gotta be you gotta be just better, bro. I'm gonna teach you how to like score with chicks and like be be a dope animal, bro. And it's just like. I hate this so much. Who does Tom Holland play? Robert Downey Jr.'s adoptive son. Yeah, he plays a dog who is is okay. He gets very limited screen time. Oh, he got out easy. Yeah, he was making pigeon movies. Um, there's also Jesse Buckley who is in this. I I really like her. She was in Chernobyl. Um, and From Chernobyl in, to this in a movie called Wild Rose that was critically acclaimed. Uh, I I I like her here. She's not given much to do, but um. She has like a calming presence. I think that's why I enjoyed her so much in this movie. When she's on screen, when it's focused on her, everything kind of slows down and it's it's calm. You're not going to hear terrible humor. It feels r- real. Now this movie, it cost $175 million to make. Oh, no, 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 no. That is... And it's, it's a bomb. It's a huge bomb. I... Uh, the studio is going to lose so much money, and I, I, th- I thank God for that every day. Yep. Just avoid it at all costs. Doolittle is this is Disney, so terrible. Right? This is a Disney. No, no. Disney. I could have sworn it was. No, I, I don't remember w- what it is or where it came. Which from. would have made more sense as to why Robert Downey Jr. was doing this because that's all. That's they got him in his back pocket. Yeah, but. He's not smoking oh, dope with Joe Rogan. This is a universal. This is a universal. Oh, universal. Picture. God. Ugh. Who brought us cats? So. <laughs> oh, even better film. Yeah, they're flopping, baby. <laughs> uh, just avoid it at all costs. Well, it looks like Disney's going to be uh, nabbing this one pretty soon. <laughs> Uh, next at home, I watched Bad Boys. Oh, I wanted to see it. Had, well, I had to watch the first one. This oh, is the, the first, first one, one. from '95. You're, le- you're you're going yeah okay before the new one. Um, this was very good. A lot of lot of humor, lots of jokes, lots of comedy. Even the action is pretty okay. You never saw it before? Uh, I don't think I'd seen it the full way through. Oh, okay, so this was. Um, I'd always heard it was you know pretty decent, pretty pretty good, mm-hmm. and it met those expectations. Yeah. I was happy with it. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I'll move on to Bad Boys for Life from there. I didn't get a chance to watch Bad Boys 2, but from what I hear, that's okay. You ain't seen Bad Boys 2. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen clips as well, but not the whole thing. And if I were to watch it, I'm sure like some parts of my childhood would unlock in my memory. Because yeah. I feel like there was one year where this movie was constantly on. Like Whenever I would visit relatives, they w- there would always be Bad Boys 2 playing on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, Bad Boys for Life, very pleasantly surprised. This was, I thought it was very good. Wow. It's a little bit. Maybe because Michael Bay's not directing. Yeah, that helps. Um, I forget who it is. I think if it's he's, a, if he's done unknown. anything before. But, um, oh no, it's uh, two two people. Mm. Um, I, for, I think they're from a Middle Eastern country. Okay. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's great. It's exactly what the franchise needs or needed, and uh, I'm, I'm impressed. How does how does a uh, an out of work, out of weight uh, Martin Lawrence uh, uh, measure up to an in work in uh, in shape? I mean, fantastic because <laughs> wow, that's how they that, the movie like um, 
embraces each actor's strengths. Okay. So the movie, uh, I'll mention it a little bit, if you don't mind. No, 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 go right ahead. The movie involves uh, Martin Lawrence going on retirement. Yeah, yeah, the trailer highlighted that. I figured. Uh, So he's like, you know, living the life. There's there's some good visual gags that go along with that. Um, But it's very... Mike Lowry. It's good. (laughs) I I like it. And the action was... It doesn't have as much humor. What? As, That's um, the charm of the film. As maybe the the first or second one. Well, no, I, I misspoke. It doesn't have as many jokes. I would say. Okay. As like Bad Boys One, which was a constant barrage of jokes. Yeah. Um, but I think it might have been funnier. It's it has fewer jokes that go a longer way, mm-hmm. and it's just it was a really good time with the movie. Some plot elements are a little nonsensical, are a little dumb, mm-hmm. but. For the most part, it's very competent, and I, again, I'm, I'm just surprised, yeah. and I'm very glad it's it's performing super well at the box office. Damn right, it was awesome. Everyone's been waiting for a third one for so long. Yeah, I, 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 I have. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the week, um, I was watching. You know, I was staring at the estimates for this movie. I think they started at like twenty five to thirty million. Then they were like, "No, nah, this might be in the forty millions." Next day, it moved up to fifty million. And by the end of it, it had a $72, $73 million four-day MLK weekend. Hmm. And it's like nobody, nobody saw this coming. And I'm, I'm really happy with that. Nice. I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad some box office pictures are doing well. And they, they deserve the success you know, with 1917 and uh, Bad Boys for Life. Cool. Like, it's everyone was predicting doom and gloom for this year's box office. But I think it's actually... It might be okay if we keep going on the way we have been. I mm-hmm. uh, already mentioned weathering with you. Uh, I watched Detective Chinatown. Okay. This is uh, it's a knockoff of Sherlock. <laughs> I, it's like a, it's an homage slash parody slash knockoff of BBC's Sherlock. Um, it wears its influences on its sleeves. On its sleeve, it's a very goofy uh, Chinese flick. A uh, good amount of slapstick, some action, and it's pretty long. It's like two hours and fifteen minutes, hmm. which is it's long for a comedy. It's primarily a comedy, but um, I would say it's best watched in two halves. You could find it on Amazon Prime, uh, Prime Video for free. Um, I watched that in anticipation of Detective Chinatown three this weekend, but actually, what ended up happening was because of the coronavirus. China canceled uh, their new screenings for this week within the country, with within the country of China, all the new theatrical releases were were scrubbed from the the list, and apparently Chinese regulations make it so that a movie can't premiere outside of China before it's premiered in China. So that means, like literally last minute on Wednesday and Thursday, I was watching AMC's websites. And they told uh, Warner Brothers and the other distributor for the other movie that was coming out this week for the Chinese New Year to just cancel all the listings. So I did not get a chance to watch Detective Chinatown 3. Hopefully it'll be released at some point down the line. But uh, that was an interesting thing that happened this week. <laughs> but anyway, good movie. I recommend Detective Chinatown. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a fun time. Finally, last movie... Thank God. The last one. <laughs> oh. Street Dancer 3. 
My favorite. <laughs> okay. Everyone knows. Like we've seen the first I'm, two. Yeah. Assumingly. Well, you, you guys all know Street Dancer 1 and Street Dancer 2. I mean, remarkable sure. films. Why not? You don't. You're fucking liars. <laughs> and you know why? Street Dancer 1 and Street Dancer 2 don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this, I love this it. kind of thing exists. I love it. I hate you. I love it. <laughs> oh, no. I did not know that before going into the film. <laughs> I, I thought there was a 1 and 2. So let me. So how does it justify by saying it's three? Is there any missing backstory to these characters? Let me break it down. Here's what oh, happens. No. Okay. Let's see. Oh, uh, that's perfect. So this movie was originally planned as a sequel to Disney's ABCD two, which it, which was itself a sequel to ABCD Anybody Can Dance, uh-huh. India's first 3D dance film. Then the House of Mouse decided to cease development on their Indian productions. So what do you do when you've already reassembled your cast and crew but would rather not risk a lawsuit? You swap out your lead dancer and you change your name, of course. Thus, Street Dancer 3D was born. But wait. It makes sense so far, but wait. This didn't get a 3D release in the States. Only in India. Leaving us with the much more incoherent Street Dancer 3. If it was released as Street Dancer 3D here, it would make sense. If it was released as just Street Dancer here, it would make sense. Street Dancer 3, not a clue. I love it. I I live for this. Uh, During my viewing, I think two of us bought seats. It was uh, me and some other guy. That guy left like before the intermission. <laughs> there's an intermission. No, it's a Bollywood movie, baby. There's oh. there's an intermission. Wow. Mooney Bun is fine, Betty Lava. Um. Oh yeah, I should have mentioned that it's a Bollywood movie. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I uh, and let's see. Two more people joined after the intermission, and then they left like ten minutes before the How ending. Odd. It was pretty weird. It might have been the same guy, I'm not sure, and he like brought somebody <laughs> he brought else. Someone for support. But then they left 10 minutes before, so I don't know. Uh-huh. Also, this movie is getting garbage reviews. Ooh. It's got a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes and on Letterboxd, oh. which is uh, the app I use for tracking things. Oh, they never watched a Bollywood movie. Uh, <laughs> I have given it the, the its highest score so far. Oh, no. <laughs> at, at three, Better than Cats? At 3.5 out of 5. That's good. Why would you even? Listen. <laughs> The history is fascinating. Oh, yeah. I, I even have I a mean, note here. I said, You got the House of Mouse right on you. <laughs> I have to say, the story of how this movie got its title is a good deal more interesting than the story of the movie itself. But that's where the dancing comes in. If you like hip-hop dance groups, watch this movie. If you enjoy America's Got Talent, or so you think you can dance but think a sprinkle of drama would really elevate them, check this out. If you're a sucker for jarring tonal shifts and lots of sincerity from a director whom you can't decide is a first-timer or a seasoned veteran, it's the latter, surprisingly, try this out. If you're into camp cliché and color, give this a shot. Street Dancer 3 really is a fun time, and it even has a it even has a narrative trick or two up its sleeve. I'm gonna, I, I was kind of impressed by this. I'm going to mention it. Uh, spoiler warning to anybody listening kind I don't of think anyone else has seen this movie, right? <laughs> Let me, hey the, it's got four <laughs> reviews on letterbox <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm one of them um so what this movie does it it gives us the lead character uh who is a guy and 
he he's kind of presented as like a virtuous person. He's trying to uh, uh, fulfill a, a dream of his brother's to win this dance competition. So he's presented pretty highly and nicely. And then as the movie continues, it kind of slowly reveals that he's kind of arrogant and kind of an asshole and kind of a dick. And his rival, who is the leader of another street dance crew, she, who is originally presented as arrogant, actually starts to learn how to like care for the homelessness this is one of those jarring tonal shifts i mentioned it makes like a hard left turn into drama yeah into like a psa about (laughs) homelessness and how it's a problem Mm -hmm. but then this character whom you were rooting against starts to like develop a sense of uh community and she ends up being the person you root for and then our lead character really turns into an asshole and like um, starts fighting with her, starts fighting with her with his brother, and loses some friends and things like that. So this person you were kind of rooting for at the beginning, now you've turned on completely. And then by the end of the movie, he gets redeemed by the girl that you were originally rooting against. And I, I thought that was kind of nifty. I just gotta, I, I gotta throw that out there. I was like. You know what? I'm into this. And the film does a surprisingly good job of tying many things together. It's not like a revelation. It's not amazing. But if you like kind of a campy, cheesy, two-and-a-half-hour dance thing, it's it's really worth a shot. It gets a surprising amount done in its two-and-a-half-hour runtime. And listen, that sounds long, but there's a lot of dancing. <laughs> like, a lot. Um... Oh, and there's also like a bar owner. This is kind of a cliche. There's a, but it's the best moment of the film. Still, there's a bar owner who's kind of older, and um, this bar is where the two rival dance crews meet very often, and they like argue with each other and fight because they're watching cricket. One of them is an Indian team, one of them is a Pakistani team, and uh, you know they fight because their teams are either winning or losing. And the bar owner is like, listen, I've had enough of this. You know, figure and settle your differences, blah, blah, blah. And then the asshole guy starts getting into his face. And he's like, listen, I'll show you what I'm about. And he starts dancing. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> it's like, it's so campy and cheesy. And I love it. It's it's the best song in the whole movie. Uh, he's just really going at it so hard. And I love to see it. Um, and then he becomes like a main character and he helps like <laughs> build the team to to finals winning, yeah winning the competition of finals and everything to the championship uh, yeah to the movie's credit it mostly works as a dance movie that's longer than 90 minutes it's not for everyone but it does try to offer something to all audiences in that way I guess it does echo the more inviting title of an ABCD3 that never was Beautiful. Or that almost was. Truly the best review we've had on this podcast. Uh, I, <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. Yeah. For supporting this film. I'm glad I did. Yeah. Uh, that's it for me. All right. You got five minutes for trotting <laughs> the boards. Any theater news? I ain't got uh, shit. I got um, <clears throat> my show, uh, The Explorers Club, uh, opens up by the time this uh, this episode goes up uh, next week. 
uh, will be uh, opening weekend. Uh, that'll be at Circle Players in uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. It's a great time. It's a great show. It's a great cast. I'm very, very proud of it. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. It's a great farce. Uh, come out. I'll, I'll be half naked, blue, and uh, there'll be a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's just. I'm just ten percent of, of of that show. Uh, the other ninety is is just flawless, and uh, <laughs> I, I I can't recommend it enough. It'll be going on for three weekends, so and I think Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, well, when uh, the blue blur comes on screen, will be our last. Ooh, oh yeah, topical. Yeah, yep. That's I it. don't have any theater news. Uh, nothing uh, here. All right, any music news? Disc jockeys, is your horse come in yet? Uh, I got nothing. Uh, I'm I'm in the middle of working on a a winter 2020 music newsletter. Uh, this is a follow up to my spring 2019 music newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, if if you're interested, ask me for the link. It's got it's got such artists as Elbow. Is there anything else? <laughs> uh, Tame Impala of yeah. Monsters and Men, mm-hmm. Tai Chi featuring Blood Orange, Perfume Genius, Michael Kiwanuka, and some new real estate featuring Sylvanesso, Holy Fuck featuring Hot Chips, Alexis Taylor, Kwang Bin, Kwang Bin featuring uh, uh, Leon Bridges. It's got some Big Thief, some Bonnie Vare, some Duran Duran, 1975, U.S. Girls. Thundercat, Licky Lee, Free Nationals, Chance the Rapper, New Pornographers, Destroyer, Mitski. She's just released a new one for the Turning soundtrack, so mm. shout out to her. Lauren Hill, uh, FKA Twigs, Algiers. Ooh, I can't wait for that album. Moses Sumney sounding good. Mariah Carey, uh, and. <laughs> and Neon Indian. Uh, and if uh, you think I'm listing all of those in our episode, <laughs> you are insane because I'm uh, not doing that. Yeah. Yep. I'm insane for putting it together. Yep. And um, I guess Mother Monster, you know, she uh, a song was leaked by the name of Stupid Love. Ooh. And she fed us, but it wasn't for real. Soon, but do you LG6. Think, do you think maybe? it's a real leak or like? Oh yeah, it's a real leak. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because she replied on Twitter, "Can you guys just stop?" And she added like a <laughs> stock image of like a girl with hands over her head. Oh, that's cute. But um, I like I like that a lot. Yeah, I did not get a chance to listen to it. It it disappeared. It, it had faded yeah. from the internet it was before. Ripped from the internet yeah, immediately. Was, yeah. But I I did get some sustenance this week. Nice. LG six maybe when? There we go. I don't know. Well, with that, we've come to another end of an amuse-bouche segment. Every time it ends, I feel a little bit older, a little more mature, a little more wizened by the world. Where can our social media friends find us on said social media? Uh, you can find me over at uh, MZBroJr over, over on Instagram, or uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, ManWearsHats. You can follow me at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Trick and Read JK on Twitter, or my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, currently looking at a Godzilla retrospective. We've just watched Mothra versus Godzilla before Mothra. getting it. Yeah, I, I do love Mothra. She's a she's a good gal, that one, before getting into King Ghidorah, the beast with three heads or whatever it's called. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm Matt Cabrera. You could find me. I'll be sitting front row of uh, my new production of uh, Street Dancer 5DX. Uh, this is a follow-up to Street Dancer 3, not 4. There's no 4. Um, and, you know, it's it's premiering it's premiering in 4DX, but only on the islands of Goya. Uh, and it's all shot in one take. And you're going to regret it. 
thank you for listening to Nightcaps at the Theater. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us this evening, as much as we had with you. If you're not too hungover, or haven't thrown up on your cat yet, please be so kind to rate, review, and subscribe to us on various podcast platforms. Oh, it looks like Matt's passed out in a bag full of McDonald's and John's swinging a wine bottle at me. I guess it's time for me to get going. Good night, everyone, and make sure to tip your Uber driver.